from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you this morning, live from Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio, where the first four are taking on each other here in side of the NCAA tournament. The official first day of the NCAA tournament jumped off with number 16 seed Radford taking on fellow 16 seed LIU Brooklyn for the right to move forward and play Villanova and Radford got that victory followed by the number 11 seed St. Bonaventure taking on 11 UCLA for the right to play number six Florida and St. Bonnie's coming with the victory. We're going to get things started here with the morning menu and we are college basketball all throughout the show. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right, Time. Mike, we like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu that is live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. That is the morning menu right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We are here this morning first and foremost with Mike Wheeler, OCC Women's Basketball Head Coach, as the team has moved on and moved forward into the postseason and is the, is in the NJCAA Division Three National Tournament right now hoping to win a national championship so much love and much appreciation to everything the OCC has done this season as well as all that is to come they will play their game on Thursday so tomorrow for those of you listening live Thursday March 15th the game first game that they'll have in the national tournament of the NJCAA Division 3 and with that being said we bring Mike into the show Mike how you doing today hey good morning Dan thanks for having me Absolutely, and and you're out in Chicago. You have uh, these these games in Illinois. Just what you can say about life out in Chicago and getting used to the hour difference. That little bit of a it's kind of funny because we had to spring ahead and then you fall back at the same time. So how's everything been going out there? Well, I think that's that's really what the big thing is. That's what the problem <laughs> is with me. Is just uh, you had the hour ahead just a couple days ago, and then you get the hour back. Um, you know, headed back to, to Chicago with time zone difference. So, um, just I think everybody's trying to get used to that for a little bit, and you know, uh, trying to explain. Uh, some of the girls don't really understand the time zone difference, so I'm trying to explain that as we're flying out in the airport last night. So, why are we uh, at seven o'clock and this is at eight o'clock? Yeah. So, uh, we we got through the time zone uh, lecture last night. It went over well, pretty well. So, uh, after that, we're we're back to business here and uh, just getting ready to have uh, team breakfast what can you say about you know the the connection of this team and the camaraderie of this team I mean obviously when you're away from home you get to see that more so than than any other time so to speak because you know you're you're in a new place and in a place that probably a lot of them have not been before how does the team kind of come together and how have you seen them you know just build their connection to one another while you're on the road 
well, just already, um, just traveling and, and the airport and stuff like that. It's it, it's a great um, team bonding experience. You know, anytime you get an opportunity to do something like this, and um, you know, every one of these players have never been part of a, a regional title, any any title period coming from high school or or anything like that. So, so winning a regional title for them was um, was above anything that they uh, ever uh, were able to achieve and the um, the uh, opportunity for them to win a national title um, and getting here uh, you can see uh, it's starting to set in and, and the excitement to be in here and, um, it's good to see and I think it's great for us um, as a team as well Mike, when you, when you have, and we've spoken about this, you know, every season, speaking here with Mike Wheeler, OCC women's basketball head coach, the fact that, you know, when you're trying to win a national championship, when you're trying to win regionals and, and, and so on and so forth in different tournaments and whatnot, and then game to game in the regular season, you only have two years with these players. You have half the amount of time. You don't have the four years, you know, and at the JUCO level when they're a freshman they got to be playing like they're going into their junior year. And then when they're a sophomore, it's got to be like, hey, we're a senior and we know what we're doing at this point. Just, you know, speeding up the process, so to speak, and and how, I mean, obviously you found a way to be very successful with it. But, you know, it, it takes one thing for a coach to find success with their team over any span of time. It takes another thing to cut that time in half and find success and just what you could say about living in that environment. Well, I I think it's um, you know when I first started coaching JUCO, it, it, you know I didn't under you know I had you had to get comfortable with the concept of having these kids for for two years and they were gone, um, and it took a little bit because you know I was I was doing coaching in high school um, prior to coaching in college and I saw the kids for you know three four years as they start you know maybe eighth, ninth grade at the JV level, but at least you get to see them for four years and you're coming through your program at that time. Um, so, so the transition to, to JUCO was tough in the beginning with the program because you, you, you're getting them for two years and they're gone. You just get comfortable with them. Um, but, you know, come to, um, we adapted to it as a program. Um, and you develop them as a freshman um, and the players that are coming in out of high school right now um, they're already developed basketball players ready to step on the floor um, to play in college, which has been a real benefit for us in our program where we can get them right in and, and, and start in our system. Um, and then what's been great for us is after they're done here for two years, that the, the transfer to a four-year institution has been great and a four-year school to play um, has it even been better because these four-year schools have taken these sophomores and now um, – bringing them into their program and, and they have players that have already experienced what it's like to, to play in big games, to play in regional finals, to play in national championships. Um, so it gives them that experience that they already have in these four-year schools um, actually really enjoy um, recruiting our kids when they leave us here. That coming from Mike Wheeler, OCC Lasers, women's basketball head coach. Mike, just, just what you could say about this season up to this point and just, you know, where the team is at, what the team has accomplished and, and where this team is going. I mean, you're in the Division Three Women's Basketball Championship, which is happening at Rock Valley College in, in Rockford, Illinois. 
And, you know, to, to, to take a look at, I mean, there's a bunch of different teams in here. There's uh, Rowan Gloucester, the eighth seed, taking on number one seeded Rock Valley. There's number four seeded Montgomery, taking on number five Northland. There is number three, UConn Avery Point, taking on number six Rochester. And then, of course, you are the seven seed, taking on Hostos in the number two seed. And, and that is, uh, you know, obviously the team that you're facing is a team that is no stranger. So just what you could say about this tournament and, and just, you know, these these eight teams fighting for this Division Three National Championship. Well, Dan, what's really um, what we're um, excited for is an opportunity to revenge a loss. And um, we've revenged a lot of losses this season. Um, we, you know, we lost in the conference mm-hmm. semifinals to TC3. And, you know, we rebounded with a uh, quarterfinal win in regional play against TC3 three days later. And then we went to Finger Lakes to play the regional final, and, and, and we lost to them twice in the year, and we beat them on their home floor to go to a regional final. And then, you know, uh, beating Columbia Green in the final. So the opportunity to play host of a, a two-seed in, in the first round of the tournament is um, really, you know, I think for us it's a good matchup. You know, we like the matchup, we like the draw. Um, just because of the opportunity that we have to, um, that we've already played them. Um, and, you know, we've, we've been breaking down the game film that we had earlier in the year. And, um, you know, you get game film on all the other games that they've played, uh, just the last regional final of all the teams. So you get an opportunity for us. It's better. You know, we have two games to look at to see what we did and what we didn't do. Um, and, and then you look at all the other teams in here. These are, you know, five of the eight teams are, are you know, are normal um, you know, irregulars in this tournament. You know, the Northland's uh, been a national champion. Rock Valley won the national championship for the last four out of six, six seven years. Um, you know, you got, um, um, you know, Hostos is, is fairly new. Us, um, Gloucester is, is new. Um, but, you know, five out of the eight are regulars. So um, it, it's great to to come here and have an opportunity to, to revenge a loss from earlier in the year, but this is this is really when it counts. And I think the girls are focused on that too. The girls are playing with confidence. And for us, um, winning a regional tournament as a four seed, um, where we were one two for the last eight to ten years coming into the regional tournament, now we win the regional tournament as a four seed, and now we're a seven seed in the national tournament. I think for us, we're playing the best basketball right now that we can possibly play, and that's where you want to be playing your best basketball. And as a seventh seed, there's not a lot of pressure on you. you got to go out and play, and and we're going to play a team that we know, and, and we, we lost it by six points earlier in the year. And um, I think confidence-wise, the kids are ready. They're ready to go. And when you look at that, that it's not only the national tournament, but it's an opportunity, like you said, to avenge a loss, and that has been – that has been the season for you is, you know, the season of avenging and, and having the opportunity to see somebody again. Just, you know, despite the fact that you lost to them, you ha- it's not like you're watching game film on them in general. You're watching your game film on them and what you did in that game, that 92-85 to 85 loss that you had in the OCC Classic. So when you go back and, and you look at it, what did you see in that game? What, what kind of stood out to you? about that little bit of separation that, you know, just few few possessions of separation that they had on you? Well, they're a um, they're, they're a fast-paced team. They, they press you full court. Um, they're, um, they go end-to-end with you. Um, and that's the kind of – that's what we like. We enjoy playing that fast. I mean, we like to, we like to play fast, score a lot of points, and, and get out and run. And, 
I mean, they're very, very similar. The difference is they press. We're not a press-oriented team. We like to press off our defense, whether we're going to play some man or our zone. We're going to look to trap. Um, you know, we're going to look to try and get some turnovers and some runouts that way. Um, but, you know, it's it's exciting um, basketball that we were right there, you know, and the fact that we play very similar style basketball with them, um, I think it's going to be a very entertaining basketball game to watch. That coming from Mike Wheeler, OCC Lasers head coach for the women's basketball team. Mike, just what you could say before I let you go about about the you know appreciation that you have for this moment and and of this team. Like you had said to me before, you know you sat down with the young women on your team and and wanted to know if they wanted it. Did they want to go further? Did they want to win? And you kind of stood back and and let them show you what they wanted out of the rest of their season. Just just what you could say about you know what this season has become, what these young women have become, and. and and when you gave them that moment to choose, that they chose wisely, so to speak. Well, you know, I it, it all goes back to, you know, the talk we had after the conference tournament. Um, you know, I, I, I told you earlier that I, you know, I, anybody likes to win the championship, you know, and a conference title um, is, is something special as well. You know, we won 10 straight going into this past season and into losing the conference semis. Um, was tough for us. Um, and, and I thought at that time, um, you know, there was a little bit more for us that we needed. Coming into the year, you know, we talked as a staff that we thought we had a really great, um, solid uh, team that, that could make a run at this. Um, but I said midway, three, three quarters through the year, um, we struggled with, with each other. I thought we struggled with, you know, where we struggled as an identity as a basketball team, um, and, and that was a concern for us. And I thought it really came to head when when we lost that semifinal conference game um, back three or four weeks ago. And you know that was that was something we looked ourselves in the eye and said, "Listen, you know, we, I, I told you we could pack up, go home, and, and call it a day, or we can come back next week and, and play the same team that we just lost to tonight and go through a tough regional tournament." Um, and, and, and win and, and head to Chicago. And that's where I talked about the championship. Asked them in the locker room, how many of you have won a championship of any sort? And not one person rose their hand in the high, in the room. You know, they didn't, you know, I didn't see one hand go up. And I said, well, I said, here's an opportunity. I said, for, to do something special. Um, and I said, now it's on you. I said, you know, you got to come out and play. And I said, by now we know what we're doing offensively and we know what we do defensively. We know what we have to do to win basketball games. Now you have to go out and do that as a basketball team. I, we as a staff, can't go out and do it for you. Believe me, I love playing the game. I'd love to go out and do it for you, but I can't. And you have to do it. And, you know, I closed the door that night and left, left them in the locker room. And, you know, from there on, it's just been, it's been a special run. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them that they have this opportunity. And I think they're real excited and happy for themselves as well. You, you get excited to get to this point. You get excited for this opportunity, the excitement to move forward. You know, did you see this in the team at the beginning of the season? I mean, is this something that, I mean, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but where you are right now and, you know, being in Chicago and knowing that you have this big-time opportunity coming up in, in, in this tournament in the hopes of winning a Division Three championship in the NJCAA, 
Did you see the inner makings of this as the season was going on, or has this just kind of story been written day by day, moment by moment? Well, I think, like I said earlier, I thought early in the season and preseason and, and when we started early practice in October, I, I thought we had the potential to, to be very good. Um, and, you know, the, the place we struggled at um, was our was our guards. We were perimeter. Um, we struggled in the perimeter, period. You know, and we, we couldn't shoot the basketball well. Um, but our guards could play defense and, and – and do a lot of other things for us offensively, but um, in, in our eyes as a, as a staff, I thought we had probably the two best post players in the country um, with Samantha Britton and Sidney York. Um, so having two of the best post players in the country, um, you, you need some guards to step up and help out. And, and I thought that was our identity problem early. We just didn't have anything. Um, in, you know, what started early, I thought we did. I thought we had some kids step up. We had, um, you know, you know Peyton Oler and Shannon Fowl and, and Michaela Whiteman and Rachel Scalisi that, that's been huge for us. And we just needed someone to, to step up. No one really ever did it in the guard position. And I thought it went through the, the, the Christmas break. We went to Maryland and we still, you know, we win some games. And then we lost one on the road in Maryland that we should have won against a basketball team that wasn't better than us. And, you know, I think we started questioning things. And then when you start questioning things, I think you don't play with confidence. Um, and we finally turned the corner what we thought. We made, we won five or six in a row going into the conference tournament at the end of the year. And I thought we were in a good spot. And, you know, that loss in the semi I, I think that loss, whether uh, – uh, I always talk about bad losses, but I thought it was a great loss for us in the conference tournament. And, uh, you know – they were upset, but they weren't upset that they really lost the semifinals um, because after I left the room, I just felt like that really is what turned it around for them, and, and they started to, to focus on what the, the future held for us the following week, and, and I think that's really what the, the surprising factor is. I talked to you earlier about letting the kids you know, put it in their hands, and you know, this is their time. If they wanted to do this, they were the ones that were going to do it, and and they did. And, you know, and just them wanting it and having that desire to go after it and and push for it. I mean, this is something where, you know, these young women had to, you know, you're going up against good teams every single night. The farther you go, the more you're going to be pushed to the brink. And like you said, you know, are there good losses, bad losses, this, that, and the other thing. But you considered that a good loss. You considered them to learn you know, this this story of OCC, I mean, before I let you go, Mike, I mean, every single year I feel like you're writing another chapter that I want to go back and read. Is this, is this could this be one of the most exciting chapters to read in the book of OCC women's basketball? Well, it could be, you know, and it's, it's the fact that we're here and now we have an opportunity. And I think just getting that opportunity – and what we've been through as a basketball team in the last couple of weeks, that identity is starting to come around and show itself in who we are. And I think they're starting to realize that they can play. And they just won a Region 3 tournament title that we've been three years in a three-year drought. And, you know, for the program to get back here, I think for them in the spot that they're in, it gives them a great deal of confidence right now. And it could be a very special run. 
um, starting tomorrow night at uh, seven o'clock um, Eastern time for for us, and uh, we're we're excited for that. That coming from Mike Wheeler, OCC Lasers women's basketball head coach. Mike, as always, I appreciate it. I know you say that Bill Motto is always threatening to leave, but hopefully he'll stay throughout this tournament. <laughs> yeah, the, coach, coach, coach always drops those uh, those lines throughout the year because um, you know he uh, he likes to he likes to he knows I'm real comfortable with him right there, and uh, it, it's mm-hmm. been a great it's been a great run for the both of us. Um, together, you know, we've been the three we've been the three national championship tournaments together, and this being our third, and um, you know, he always at the end he's you know look look at his face, and I says, yeah, you having fun still? And he goes, yeah, I'm having fun. I just don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come back next year. I said, do you like this a lot? And he goes, yeah. And he says, I said, well, why do you say that? Then? Because you're always going to come back. So I don't know why you say that. <laughs> Yeah, well, you got you got to keep him around. That's for sure. You got it because there's something there's something about him and you together that just seems to be a workable commodity. And, and how are the boys doing? Are are the boys on the road with you? Are they back at home? What are they doing? No, the boys are back home. They got school. Um, and you know, my wife's a, a school teacher back home uh, at home, and uh, so they actually. Uh, I guess Sergi's got hit with some snow uh, this morning, and the boys are off. Um, but my wife has uh, still got school. She's a Syracuse City School teacher, so they have class today. And the boys are home, and I've been FaceTiming them when I got here. And um, It's tough. That's a tough thing is being on the road. I'm away from them, but it's great, the, the technology these days, that you can FaceTime and, and see what they're doing. Have, but, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, but, ha, go ahead. How many things have they broken since you've been gone? You know, it's it's funny. <laughs> we moved into the new house two weeks ago, and, it's been a it's been a quite a move for us and it's exciting for us and they love their new house and um you know it's it's actually been okay you know but you gotta it's like your new baby is a is a family and then uh you know my wife and i are like wait don't touch that don't touch that wall don't get your hands off the wall don't don't touch that don't touch that <laughs> and i'm like wait what are we doing i'm like they're three five and seven years old how am i not how are we gonna watch them from not touching uh touching a wall i go we can't do that we just had the house painted and, and you know you, you're just like oh don't go there don't touch that don't touch, why are you throwing that thing across the room what are you doing so uh but we're getting there we're getting we're getting comfortable so uh but no nothing's been broken yet at least i haven't got any text messages from my wife you know so that's good well obviously you know it's a it's a positive thing so as the wife corrals the the boys at home you're trying to corral this tournament and as always mike i appreciate your time and i look forward to continued conversations about this tournament and i know like you said you have this avenge streak that you're doing it continues with you this week in the njcaa division three national tournament and as always thank you for being a part of the show and, and thank you for all the hard work that you're doing Dan, thanks for having me. And uh, anybody who wants to watch the show, it's uh, NJ, or the game. It's NJCAATV.com. We'd love to have people log on and watch the live stream. NJCAA, make sure that you watch the tournament and be a part of it. And I shared that link on social media so you guys can pick it up there. Mike, as always, be well, be safe, and I look forward to hearing from another victory and going forward from there. I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. That coming from Mike Wheeler, OCC Women's Basketball Head Coach this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, live on location 
at Dayton, Ohio. First time I've ever been to the first four. First time I've ever been to Dayton. First time I've ever been to Ohio. So a lot of firsts happening as Wake Up Call is on the road. Last week, all week long, we were in Brooklyn, New York. Then we went back to our familiar stomping grounds of Central New York, back to the studio, and now we're back to the road again in the first four of the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Tournament. And we will have those discussions with the players coming up next. Radford defeated LIU Brooklyn. St. Bonaventure defeated UCLA. You will hear my one-on-one conversations from the locker rooms of both of these teams here in Dayton, Ohio in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Muddy Waters Kitchen and Bar is your home on the water for every season. Join them on Wednesdays for all-you-can-eat wings, chicken thighs, and drumsticks from 3 to 9 p.m. And on Thursdays, join me, Dan Tortora, for live game show night, a new night out unlike anything you've played before in central and upstate New York. 
every Thursday at 7 p.m. And while you're there on Thursdays at Muddy Waters Kitchen and Bar, from 5 to 9 p.m., join them for the barbecue all-you-can-eat buffet with buffet-style sides, ribs and pulled pork, chicken thighs, and drumsticks. And on Wednesdays and Thursdays, all day happy hour. You know how to get it done right at Muddy Waters Kitchen and Bar on 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville, New York. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Live from Dayton, Ohio, inside of the first four is where Wake Up Call is right now. And the winners of the first four in game in game one and game two, the first two games of this year's NCAA tournament for Division One men's basketball, Radford, the 16 seed, over fellow 16 seed LIU Brooklyn for the right to play Villanova, the number one seed in Pittsburgh, and then for the right to go to Dallas and play number six seeded Florida, St. Bonaventure, the number 11 seed, winning over number 11 UCLA. You're going to hear conversations that I had one-on-one -on -one in the locker rooms with both of these teams. First and foremost, we're going to go over to the Radford locker room and my conversation immediately following the game with Devontae Holland. And this is what Devontae had to say to me about this opportunity and finally, in this playing game, earning that 16 seed outright. Um, I feel like, I mean, we we knew. I mean, finally in the spot, we 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 deserved it. You know, like we we worked hard. We worked hard all year. No matter what, we put the time in. We we. I felt like we deserved it from from day one. You know. Do you feel like maybe the NCAA tournament should change that a conference tournament champion should be guaranteed a spot and not have to play in? Um, I mean, I mean for us, I mean I know it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, fe I felt like we should have had just been, had a secure spot, but but you know, I mean it is what it is. We. We was ready. Yeah. Yeah. You had some plays down the stretch. Just what you can say about your play inside when they were trying to get close. Just how you locked in and made sure that you kept separation. Um, we I just locked in because I knew I just I go on the court. I just do whatever my team needs me to do, and, and I got a few few buckets laid down. I'm, I mean, I come in. I I'm usually the you feel me, the offensive man, Randy Pop, he's he's the defensive man, so I came in and just done what I needed to do to help my team win. Here's what you can say about heading to Pittsburgh and knowing that you got Villanova coming up next. Um, it's, I know Villanova is no one see. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's still a blessing, but, you know, they put on their they pants and shirt just like we do. We're going gonna to come out, we're going to do what we do, and, and whatever the outcome is, it is what it is. How would you define Radford basketball? When you say we're going to do what we do, how would you define what Radford is about? Radford, we we take we we're a defensive team. We we really lock up on defensive end and 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 we we share the ball. You know, we share the ball a lot because we we trust in one another. You know, so it's a lot of love throughout like this this basketball team. So that's that's a big reason why we have like a lot of su success because we trust in, in each other and everybody just that comes in no matter what. And lastly for me, the fans showed out out here in Dayton, Ohio, just what that means to you. Um hey Rafford Rafford, you know, it's a great it's a great university fans always show up and show out so it's it's just amazing to see them travel from six six seven hours to watch us play. It just shows the love that they have for us.
That coming once again from Devontae Holland of the Radford Highlanders in my one-on-one conversation with the team live here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. That is in Dayton, Ohio. That is our next stop. Hard to believe we were in Brooklyn, New York last week, and here we are in Dayton, Ohio with only one show that was in between all of that that was back in central New York. Coming up next is Justin Cousin about no matter how close LIU Brooklyn came, they kept the separation. Um, I mean, we've been in those type of situations all season. Uh, I mean, we won our conference championship by a buzzer beating shot. Uh, we've lost a few games to one point, two point uh, possession. So, I mean, we've been in those situations. So, going down and Things like situations like that, we like our chances. What can you say about? I mean, you won your conference tournament, but you didn't get a guaranteed spot. Would you like to see that change? That conference tournament champions are getting guaranteed spots and not getting playing games anymore. Uh, I mean, for us, I mean, it kind of worked out for us. Uh, I mean, we kind of feel like uh, it was a chance for us to get our feet in the water. This was everybody on our team's first NCAA appearance, so it was nice for us to get up into a like opponent and get some confidence going into the uh, the actual tournament. And when you look at Villanova coming up next, I mean, they're number one seed. Just what you can say about going out to Pittsburgh? Uh, I mean, it's just a great opportunity for us. No uh, 16 seed has never be the one. We made history tonight, and Lord willing, we we'll just make it, keep making it happen. Bradford fans showed up for Virginia. Just what that no means question. to you? No question. I mean, they've been showing love to us all season, and we love our fans. Our fans love us. So it was great to see them out there showing love to us. And lastly, for me, just define what Radford basketball is to you. I mean, it's just commitment, hard work, being being enthusiastic every day, just being extraordinary, sacrificing things that you that you would want for yourself for the team, and just just being excellent in everything you do. That coming once again from Justin Cousin of the Radford University Highlanders who move on to face Villanova after winning in their play-in game as a 16 seed down here, well, I should say over here in Dayton, Ohio. And finally from the Radford locker room, here's my conversation with Travis Fields Jr. As close as LIU Brooklyn came, they kept him off. That's where we start things. Uh, you know, we had to focus on our transition defense. We knew that from the beginning of the game. Uh, you know, just everybody playing their parts in this game, you know, from rebounding to scoring, just everybody knowing what they had to do. You had some big-time plays in there as well. Just what you can say about your poise and your trust in your shot. Uh, I'll give thanks to my teammates for putting me in the right position and coaches for calling uh, plays for me, putting his trust in me. But, you know, I just did what I had to do to help do whatever I had to do to help the team out. What can you say by, about LIU Brooklyn? I mean, they made a push there. They got the lead back in the second half. Just what you can say about, you know, what they did and the respect that you have for them as an opponent? Uh, much respect for them. They're a great basketball team, hard playing basketball team. They uh, they gave us a run tonight. You know, as far as the lead, they came back. They made a run, hit some big shots. It was it was one great game. You know, we just happened to come out on top. You're in a playing game, so now you have the right to go into the round of 64. Would you like to see that change that if you win your conference tournament, you don't have to do a playing game? Uh, either, you know, I know I speak I know I speak for all the guys. But I say it really like 
that part doesn't matter to us. We, you know, just playing here, we were grateful for it. So now we, we get to move on. So it's all just a blessing. And as you move on, you know that this Radford fan base has been with you guys from Virginia. Just what that means to you that they travel where you go? Yeah, we uh, we love our fans. Like they show they show a lot of love. Like you said, they come wherever we go. Just support. Just our support system is great. So like we we love our fans just like they love us. That coming once again from Travis Fields Jr. from my locker room conversation with him of the Radford Highlanders following their victory over LIU Brooklyn. You will hear from the St. Bonaventure Bonnies with numerous conversations coming up, including with their head coach Mark Schmidt in just a little bit here on the broadcast. And I will officially unveil my bracket picks all the way to the championship game. That will be coming up very shortly here with Ross Turetsky, sports writer from Northeastern Pennsylvania. But before all of that happens, Eric Devendorf is on the show with me right now. He's in Dayton, I'm in Dayton, and we're having our live conversation about Syracuse and their opportunity as an 11 seed to move forward in this tournament against Arizona State in the first four here in Dayton, Ohio at the University of Dayton. And we're going to talk about as well as what Eric has done in the community. So first and foremost, Eric, welcome back to the show. I know it's been a little bit, but we're happy to have you back. And, and Eric, you know, first and foremost, you've done so much for the community and you care so much and, and so deeply. I want to go to that. I mean, you've you've grown as you've grown as a man. You've grown as a person from when I watched you as a player to, you know, becoming a dad. And, you know, you talking on the show about your kids and to to where you are today. Just what you can say you've done, how you've grown as a man, how you've grown as a person. Well, I mean, definitely having two daughters, you know, helps you grow up. Um, you got to figure it out a little bit quicker. Um, you know, you have other two responsibilities to take care of, obviously. And, you know, it really helped me, you know, try to get out in the community and, and help others as well. Um, you know, I had a coat drive not too long ago. Um, so we did shoe drives, clothes drives. And you know, obviously during the season, it gets a little bit busy. But um, I think towards the summer, um, I'll definitely um, plan a different uh, charity event of some kind. And uh, just looking to help out the community that helped me out. Um, you know, so much when I was here playing. So it's it's only right for me to kind of reach out and do the same thing. And and when you when you see that, you know, when when you have that opportunity to go out and help the community, what made you want to do these drives? You know, there's different avenues that you can take to do different things, but to do the shoe drive and the coat drive and whatnot, what kind of brought that idea up to you, and, and why did you feel like that was an avenue you wanted to go down? Well, I just wanted to help people. I mean, it's pretty simple as that. I just wanted to be able to help people that that didn't have as much as I had or, or even if they did have as much. It's, it's a lot of people out here that are, you know, struggling with, you know, with whatever situation they're going through and, and just a little help can go a long way. So uh, for me to be able to do that and, and, and just help out some people, and, you know, we don't, we don't know these people, but we know that everyone goes through a lot of situations where, you know, you know they're getting a little rut or, or whatnot. So um, for me and all the people that, you know, step up and help me out with the, the events that we run, um, it goes a long way for these people in the community. Um, and, and, you know, if, if you were there at any of the events or whoever was there at the events and they saw these people, uh, nothing but smiles on their faces, man. Just And just to know that, you know, we can do that for other people in the community, it's, um, it's pretty awesome. And, you know, in a world where, you know, sometimes and unfortunately feels like a me society and how do I help myself out? How do I get myself ahead? This, that, and the other. I mean, we 
we've obviously seen that there's people like yourself that do the opposite. And it is a we society, not a me society. What can I do to help you? How can you help me? How can we help each other move forward? Just what you could say about that, that, you know, with the world of social media, things can get to you instantaneously. So, you know, people see hate and they see anger. A lot of the stuff coming off the election, people get mad and there's people that are fighting that are friends and family members and whatnot. So there's all these things going on in our society. And as well as the guy that, you know, I, I was with yesterday that drove me from the airport and I'm sitting there speaking with Jeffrey, total stranger. And he looked at me in the mirror while he was driving and he said, you know, racism in our society has to go away. And it's 2018 and we're still discussing this when it should have never been discussed. So, you know, this this world needs some help. And, you know, you've decided that you don't want to just help out your family and your situation, but other people's situation. So just speak, Eric, on being a we society and not a me society. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you said it right there. It's a we society. I mean, that's what we need to make it. Um, you know, I think for me, what I learned is that when you, when you help other people, it helps you with your own know with your own success if you don't have that on the agenda if you just go out there and do it with a pure heart knowing that you, you can help people that are less fortunate than yourself and i think it definitely uh, you know helps you in the long run i mean it it brings people together um you know it, it's just something that society really you know needs to come to terms with as far as you know bettering ourselves and, and bettering the world they, they really need to figure out that not just all about themselves and, and you can't get ahead by doing that how you how you really get ahead is, is working together and, and helping other people out that's really the, the true definition of success is, is helping others out and and i figured that out because when i started doing you know events like this it, it just made me feel good you know it was just kind of like a genuine feeling of, of, of feeling good and, and and when i started you know feeling that feeling i just wanted to keep it going and and um you know I think now it's kind of my role to try to get others involved and kind of, you know, spread that message of, of we, like you said, as, as a community instead of me. And, and you know, it's, everyone's not going to pick up on it. You know, everyone's not going to you know, feel the same type of way about it. But I think if you can just put it out there and, and people, you know, they have an opportunity to grasp it. And, and, and if they don't, they don't. But if they do, they do. And it makes a, a big difference if they do, um, you know, for the community and, and you know, the outside communities as well. Speaking here with Eric Devendorf of Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball History and the current assistant strength coach on the team as well as helping out the community. You know, Eric, for you, it's not just the things that you do in the community. It's it's not just these events and the shoe drive and the coat drive and whatnot. It's your inspiring quotes. And, and I don't know if you see it on your Twitter, but I think pretty much every single day I'm reposting or favoriting something that you wrote. And, and I haven't said this to you personally, and I have no problem saying it to you on the air, is that you inspire me. And I work every single day at 32 years old and counting to be a good person. You know, in this world, still, it gets me down. There's moments where, you know, we all have our moments where this world feels like it, it ran over you with a truck or, or maybe hit you with a with a small toy truck. But either way, big or small, you feel it. And a lot of the time, I will see those inspiring quotes from you. I'll read them. I'll say them back to myself a couple times. And I'll remind myself, you know, these are the things you have to pay attention to. So I don't know if you know how far it reaches, but one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you back on the show and have you here this morning isn't just to sit here and talk about the first four, but it's to say thank you because I 
know that you don't know how many people you get out to. And personally, for me, you've helped me deal with some stuff in my day by just taking a few seconds to write a few sentences on your social media. So absolutely. I mean, well, that's what it's all about. I think social media is so powerful. I mean, obviously, you can use it for good and bad. But if you use it for the good, it definitely can get out there and help a lot of people. And just as you said, I mean, that makes me feel real good, man. And I've definitely got gotten other tweets from people saying how, you know, a certain quote or tweet helped them out. And, you know, because everyone goes through it on a daily basis, man, myself included. I mean, nobody is exempt to this. And, and if I can just put a quote out like that and, and, and help people, and, I mean, that's what I want to do, man. Because, like I said, I go through it too, man, on a day-to-day basis. We get, we get frustrated about things and, you know, we have certain thoughts that, you know, make take us into a, a little rut or whatever, but you know, we can always get out of that. And, and I think, you know, just to be able to put that out there, um, because, you know, other people are, are going through it as well. So if I can do anything just to, you know, share with people and, and let them know that, you know, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, we're going to have days where there's ups and downs and we're going to have days where we feel like we can't go on. But, you know, the, the whole thing is, is that we can. And, you know, and, and, and to be able to share that with others and, and kind of let them know that we're, you know, we're on the same page and we're on the same level. You know, we're not different. We all go through these things. And, and um, you know, it makes me feel great to know that, you know, people really, uh, you know, get better off of just the quotes that I'm putting out on Twitter. So, you know, I'm going to keep doing that and, and hopefully keep helping all people. When, what, what kind of inspires you to do that? You know, where are these messages coming from? Is it just like a stream of thought? You know, you're going throughout the day and something hits you because, you know, I feel that when I when I when I think of something and I'm like, wow, that really helps me. I want to put that out there and I want to help other people. I mean, do you do you find that is it just kind of in the stretch of a day? You just you know, it's like one thirty four in the afternoon and you're like, you know what? This taught me something. I want to put out something about it. Is that just how it happens just instantaneously for you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the times it's like that. You just have a little inspiration or, or you may, you know, go through something and, and, and then you just have a certain type of thought and you want to put it out there, like you said. But in the other times, it's me reading. Um, I do a lot of reading as well, so I might see a quote in there that really kind of sticks to me. Um, and then I want to share that with with people on Twitter. So um, either or, man. But like you said, just to be able to, to you know, help these people and, and let them know that they're not alone. Um you know, it makes a huge difference for myself and then and, and hopefully for uh, everyone else. Speaking here with Eric Devendorf of Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball History and a current assistant strength coach on the team. Eric, when you were playing for Syracuse, there there was this, you know, negative stigma that had gone with you, and, and you and I had discussed that before, that people didn't always see you in a positive light or, you know, they, they off-the-court stuff and they want to know about this and they want to judge you and they want to kind of tell you who who you think, who, who they think you are. And then you just work through that. You continue to live your life. You have your daughters. You raise them. You work to get a job. You work to get an opportunity. I remember the conversation you had with me of, you know, don't be surprised if I'm in the Carrier Dome soon and I'm trying to get an opportunity with Syracuse. And then it was within a couple months you got that opportunity. And now you're inspiring people. Did you feel like there was an image that you had to change? And did you feel like it was an image you created that you had to change? Or was it just people trying to say who they thought you were? Well, well, I think 
you know, it could be a little bit of both. I definitely, you know, didn't help myself in certain situations. That's that's for sure. And I just had to grow up, man. I had I had to, you know, learn what was right and what was wrong. I was a young kid um, playing at Syracuse University, and, and you know, it's a huge opportunity, man. And, and if people, you know, outside of the Syracuse community, they don't really understand how how big it is and how how big these people, you know, take it during basketball season, man. So you're, you know. A player is, is in the eye. He's right in the eye of the community. You know, if you, if you do some stupid stuff, it's going to get put out there. You know, obviously, I went through my went through my stuff, but like I said, I grew up and, and, and figured it out. Um, you know, people are going to have their opinion regardless. I think on the court, um, it could be tough for, for people to decipher, you know, me off the court because, I'm you know, I'm such a competitive and an emotional guy on the court that sometimes people can, can get it misunderstood, but... You know, for all the people who, who really know me and who, who've been around me and hung around me, they, they really know the real me and what type of guy I am, laid-back, easygoing guy. Um, and, and, and it's not my job to try to convince the other people who don't know me that, that I'm a good guy. I just have to, you know, um, go about life trying to be the best person that I can be, trying to help out other people. Um, and I think that's what I've, I've, I've tried to do. And, um, you know, it, it's worked out in my favor. You know, um, obviously, like I said, we all have our days. We still make our mistakes, but I think it's lessened now because, you know, I know what I'm supposed to do and, and, and I know what motivates me and, and what my priorities and values are. So I'm, I just grew up, man, and, and, and learned from my mistakes. And um, we're still going to have people who, who think different and who think, you know, whatever, but uh, I'm just going to keep trying to be the best person I can be. It's been a little bit of time since that six-overtime game, but – Nobody forgets it, and it's not just Syracuse fans. It's fans of basketball all over the world. That Syracuse-UConn game that just didn't seem to end, that started around 9 p.m. at Madison Square Garden and ended at like 1.12 or 1.20 in the morning, there was the shot that you had that you had hit and, and then went and jumped up on the scorer's table, and that picture will forever live on. And the funny thing is, even though that shot didn't count, that would have ended the game in regulation, that shot and that moment for you, that's like the face of this six-overtime game. Just bring me into the, the craziness of it all, how it'll always live with you. It'll live past you. And people will talk to your daughters about it. I mean, they'll be talking about it forever. And then, you know, on top of that, the fact that you hit that big-time shot, it didn't count, yet that's the face of that game to a lot of people. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people might disagree that it shouldn't be the face. I mean, really, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, it was just an incredible uh, game to be a part of. And, and I think if you ask me, it was the, it was the setup for, for the drama. You know, it was kind of the beginning of the drama that started the, the six-overtime game. So um, just, just an incredible game, I mean, between two unbelievable teams. I mean, if you look at both teams, the talent on both sides was, was pretty unbelievable. Um, and then, obviously, to have it set up like that in, on ESPN in the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden, um, you, couldn't, you couldn't ask for anything more than that. And, um, it, you know, it was just kind of a, a reaction, man. I, you know, obviously, I'm not planning that. I'm not going into the game thinking that's going to happen. So it was just kind of a reaction. And, and it, it definitely set it up for, um, you know, what turned out to be, you know, the greatest college basketball game ever in my mind. And, I mean, to be a part of that, Eric, I mean, we, we look at all the games that happen. We look at the March Madness. We look at a season like this where I said, you know, March happened early because there were upsets all over the country on paper-wise. 
you know, when when you look at that, like you said, and 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 that, in your opinion, the the best game in college basketball history, that best moment, just just what you remember of that, what you recall of that, when you have flashes of it, just what it says, because everybody's talking about it, and they're going to talk about it forever, and when we get around this time, especially, people are going to bring it up during conference tournament time and the NCAA tournament and whatnot, but what are the thoughts that flash across your mind when you go back to those moments? Oh, man, just the group of guys that, that was on my team at that moment, just how hard we worked the whole season. You know, that the conference that we were in was, was so competitive, man. You know, we went to Connecticut, Pittsburgh, you know, Cincinnati was good. You had Marquette, um, you know, all, all those teams from top to bottom, man. That, that old Big East was, was pretty unbelievable. But uh, I just remember the guys and, and, and all the minutes that they put in. And, uh, and really, I remember after the game, man, just, you know, getting out about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, we went to get some breakfast and then straight to the cold tub, man, to get ready for for another game that ended up going to overtime against West Virginia the next day. So really the first thing is just, just my teammates, man, and how, how much work they put in and, and throughout the year and um, to get to that point and, and play in such a uh, memorable game like that. Um, those guys will forever you know, um, stick with me. Do you remember what you had for that early morning breakfast? Um, I don't. <laughs> well, I, mean, I know me and... Me and uh, Ayo, Lorenzo, and Walker went to a diner. So, um, you know, some type of breakfast food, but um, I don't remember specifically what it was. Speaking here with Eric Devendorf of Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball History. And, Eric, before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't speak with you on this year's team. You were a part of heroics that we just spoke of. This team has been a part of their own heroics. I, I think that they, it, like a lot of teams in Syracuse history, are the quote-unquote unsung heroes. And because it's not flashy, because it's close, because it's gritty at times, because it's up and down, the respect doesn't always come there. But when I see these young men, I see fighters. I see a team that's playing with five, five and a half, six guys when they're going up against teams that are playing 12, 13 guys, 11 guys. Roy Williams in North Carolina that has a starting five and another starting five. And, you know, I even go to that double overtime loss to Florida State on the road in Tallahassee where their bench scored 45 points, your bench scored nine, but the team, it took Florida State double overtime to get separation from what was the majority of your starters playing not only 40 minutes, but well past that in that game. So, you know, th this team to me has has done so much already to get to 20 wins and a very hard-fought 20 wins. What can you say about being in the locker room, being in practice, being around these guys all the time? Because I feel like their story's already been written special, where some people are waiting for these special chapters to come in. I feel like I can argue the other side, definitely, that, that there's already been some special chapters put in Syracuse history from these guys. Well, absolutely. I mean, you said it, these guys are fighters. I mean, we might not have the most talent. Um, you know, out of all the teams, but these guys go hard, man. They 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 show it and put it out there on the floor, you know, every single night for 40 minutes. And, and you know, speaking of the three guys who, you know, who play 40 minutes, and, you know, in consistent games over the season, I mean, I don't think people on the outside really know how difficult that is to do, man. You know, playing with, with you know, like you said, five, six, you know, sometimes seven guys, it's, it, it's tough to do, man, during the season, especially um, with these kids being so young. We don't have the the most seasoned group, so these guys have just kind of been 
league. So for these guys to get to 20 wins and, and get an NCAA tournament berth, it just goes to, to show you, you know, how much heart and, and, and passion and, and drive they put into the season, into practice, into every game. And, uh, you know, kudos, kudos to those guys, man, just getting up for every practice and every game. Um, regardless, win or loss, these guys, you know, left it out on the floor. And the, the effort is never questioned with this group. So just just proud to be a part of it and, and um, look forward to tonight to, to see how these guys go forward. This team loses four out of their five scores from last year going into the season. No Torian Thompson, no Andrew White the third, no John Gillen, no Tyler Lydon. None of that is there. Just Tyus Battle coming back. Frank Howard's asked to be an offensive player. Marek Dolajai's asked to come in as a true freshman. O'Shea Brissett's asked to come in as a true freshman. Brahma Sidibe, who hasn't been healthy all year, is asked to come in as a true freshman. Pascal Chuku is, is asked to come in after eye surgery. Just, you know, when you watch this team day to day to day, what have you seen from them and, you know, even some of those behind-the-scenes things that have just made you kind of take a step back, Eric, and just be impressed at this point? Yeah, definitely impressed, man. Like I said, these guys' bodies have been through the ringer, man. you got multiple guys playing 40 minutes a game and, you know, guys playing with injuries, torn, torn ligaments in their knee and, Obviously, Pascal, really, this being his first full year uh, of playing college basketball, doing it coming off eye surgery. And then, like you said, Marek, you know, coming in from from a foreign country, not speaking English well, you know, trying to learn the plays and, and just being thrown into the fire, man. You know, you couldn't ask for anything more than these guys. Obviously, you know, we get upset, you know, when they make mistakes during the game. I mean, that's just, you know. You know, how it goes and, and as a coaching staff we're there to, to, to correct them and, and try to guide them in the right direction as best we can but um, you can't get too mad at these guys man it's unbelievable effort night in and night out um, you know when you know, when they come in from you know playing consistent games in a row and right off the road and come to practice you know with with guys playing you know the whole game bodies are tired you know still still working through it and, and, and you know, putting their all into the practice to get ready for the next game. So, you know, these guys have, have done it all and, and really impressed with this group as far as uh, the resilience and, and effort that they've shown on, on a daily basis. Two final questions for you. Speaking here with Eric Devendorf. First one, assistant strength coach. Just what you can say you've learned about being a part of of the staff in this respect and just what you've taken away from some of the other unsung heroes that are right there on the bench with the team every single game? Oh, just all, all the hard work that goes in behind the scenes, man, in the weight room, you know, off the court. Um, and, you know, the psychology of it, you know, trying to, to help the guys, you know, when, when coach gets on them. And knowing that, you know, I've been in those certain situations, so just kind of trying to share my knowledge and, and you know, guide these guys to where, you know, they run into a situation they can deal with it, you know, uh, better than if they, you know, didn't know. So, um, you know, a lot goes into the stuff behind the scenes, man, especially when guys are playing so much. They got to take care of their body. Um, they got to be, you know, 100% mentally ready. Um, so I'm just learning a lot, man. Obviously, being in the meetings with Coach and soaking in all that knowledge from the Hall of Famer, I'm just, just pretty grateful to have this opportunity to learn about the other side of things and, and how things work. And, um, you know, I, I've definitely learned a lot, and I just look forward, um, you know, to learning more as, as uh, we keep going. And final for you, Eric, just, you know, being an 11 seed, this is not a this is an atypical situation for Syracuse to be in a play-in game here in Dayton, Ohio, and 
You know, it's it's kind of an interesting scenario because Syracuse has played Dayton recently, and now they're at the University of Dayton. Alan Griffin used to be at Dayton and, you know, came over from last season to this season to join the staff in Syracuse and as a former player like yourself of the Syracuse Orange. And then you look at the play-in side of it and fighting for the right to have the spot so that you can move forward in the round of 64. Just all these things that are going on, just what you could take away from that. I mean, you, you didn't have, you had Alan Griffin on the other side of Syracuse in recent history. Now he's here, and, and you have a play-in situation, which is something that's not something that Syracuse is, is usually playing in. They're either in or they're out. So just what you can say you've taken away from kind of all the things that are going on around this game as you get set for Arizona State. Well, I think I think different can, can be good, man. I think that um, change can be good. And I think that, you know, for us not being in this situation a lot of the time, it can be good. You know, we, we need to take advantage of it and, and learn to adapt to uh, different situations. And I think that it's a prime example now that we can we can take advantage of this opportunity. And I think these guys are ready to do it. You know, they're just so so excited that, um, you know, they got in to, to get opportunity. But, you know, that's just the beginning. We want to be able to get in here and win some games and, and, and make a run. And I think that this team has the fight in them to, to do it. And um, so we'll, we'll look forward to the night. Um, hopefully we get right, get right, started right off the good foot and, and um, you know, keep it going into the second and third round. And St. Bonaventure got a big-time victory for the state of New York as well. What can you say about that really quick? Oh, super happy for the Bonnies, man. They, they deserve it. They've had an unbelievable season. I think it's a school record, 25 wins in the regular season. Um, so they deserve everything you know they get. Um, UCLA was an unbelievable team, and, and they just showed – um, St. Bonaventure just showed how good they are by going in there and, and getting the win. So, um, look forward to watching them play as well, man. Obviously, you want to root for for the the home state, and um, just happy for St. Bonaventure, their coaching staff and players, man. They, they've done great the whole year. That coming from Eric Devendorf, I know you got a game to prepare for, so thank you for taking some time with me this morning here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and. Thank you, as always, Eric, for all your kind words personally and everything that you put out there on social media because you really are helping the world, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate you having me on. That coming from Eric Devendorf, one more time, of the Syracuse Orange men's basketball squad. We're going to take a quick step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT and on WakeUpCallDT.com. We'll we'll come back with the Bonnies. One-on-one conversations with St. Bonaventure following their win over UCLA, and then Ross and I will unveil our brackets coming up in just a moment. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Hey, Wake Up Call listeners, this is Tom Taylor, owner of Sammy Malone's, located at 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville, New York, overlooking the beautiful Seneca River. We proudly open our doors to you seven days a week, beginning at 11 a.m. daily, with free parking. Whether it's game day, after work drinks, or a meal with family and friends, we are honored that you come visit us. Call 315-635-5407 for parties and catering. I'll see you at Sammy Malone's, home of the best sandwich in Beeville. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. 
call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice when buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora live on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, the live feed that you can pick up on WakeUpCallDT.com's homepage and directly on MixLR.com dot com backslash wake up call dt we are live from dayton ohio and you have heard from eric devendorf live just now of the syracuse men's basketball history and obviously a part of the staff as syracuse gets set to take on arizona state in the game that will be later on today wednesday march 14th for syracuse in their play-in game in the first four for the right to play sixth seeded tcu as an 11 seed they have to go through arizona state to do so and it'll be a very interesting game that I will be on site for. So make sure that you're on Facebook at WakeUpCallDT, on Twitter at CallDT, and on Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT. Those Bonnie fans know exactly why you need to be on so that you don't miss a moment of the action as I cover these games here in Dayton, Ohio with the first four. And I want to thank everybody. I want to thank Radford for being a part of the show. And I want to thank Mike Wheeler of the OCC Lasers women's basketball team. Coming up next before Ross and I unveil our NCAA tournament bracket picks this year, we always do our bracket breakdown. And we're going to be doing that once again in just a few moments. But before we go there, I want to get into my one-on-one conversations with the team, with these St. Bonaventure Bonnies, and I want to start with Ladarian Griffin and what Ladarian Griffin had to say about getting the 11 seed outright after that victory over UCLA. Um, I mean, you're always, you're always thankful for a win. Um, it was a team effort that we all we all stuck together, even when they made their runs. Um, and it just feels great to to come on top and then just keep working every day. Type. Staying calm in a game like this, you know, there's the outside noise of their UCLA. They have this history. They have this have that. How do you just drown that all out and not care about it? We got history too. <laughs> like we got we we don't we don't worry about the outside noise. I mean, we come every day. We come ready. 
and we want to we want to battle with everybody and then show that show everybody what we got so so we had the opportunity we showed the opportunity right now uh, being the only game left that night uh, only NCAA game and we want to prove to America we're good too you come from a small part of New York State mm -hmm. just what you could say about repping that small part and how that small part made this a home game in Dayton Ohio man people are gonna start respecting our, our crowds man we travel well I think I think that's what being a small being a uh, small like a small community it's just like they support us everywhere we go and, so, and then the, the alumni huge like they always they always supporting us and um, it shows tonight that, they, that everybody everybody's behind us Courtney Stocker 26 points in the game tough just what you can say about how he went off no 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 I mean yeah, he's been doing that all year uh, and now he's just finally he's finally like people are finally seeing how good he is man he he's a great player and a great teammate on um, he he just he just went even when we got down he just he got a clutch bucket for us and then we just we just kept it going we just kept it going and uh, he's just a great player. That coming once again from Ladarian Griffin of the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. And coming up next on the broadcast is my one-on-one -on -one conversation with Amadi Ikpeze of the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. And proud to have Amadi on the show as well. He had a phenomenal picture, and it's the one that I utilized in promotion of him being on the show, where he has his, his hand covering the face of UCLA, essentially showing how St. Bonnies just covered Whatever UCLA was trying to do, they covered it. They covered it. They overcame it. They just, no matter what you sent their way, they took you out. They just automatically, boom, done. When they were down, came back. When it was tied, did what they needed to do to get the lead. When they had the lead, worked to sustain, sustain it throughout the game. This team was never out of the game. They, they were fast all throughout the game, attacked the basket all throughout the game, didn't just rely on shooting threes. You see some of these teams that are playing you know, the power five, so to speak, and there's that concern and that nervousness, and let's just shoot threes to try and beat them, and if we make them, great, and it's a game, and if we don't, we lose by 40. St. Bonaventure dictated the pace of this entire game, and they played inside out, outside in. They went all over the place. They moved the ball around. They shared the ball with each other, and they won this game as a team. Amity is up next, speaking on moving on to Florida. Um, just knowing the group of guys that we have and just knowing that we fight uh, every day in practice and just we earn this, just uh, competing every day at a high level and just we didn't give up for 40 minutes. We knew we could win. We played the whole game and that's what we did. People on the outside looking in want to talk about Power 5 conference first, conferences that aren't in the Power 5. Just just what you can say about silencing that noise, not caring about it. Uh, like Coach says, uh, when you step on the court, it's just a battle between five 19-year-old uh, to 22 men. So that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. It don't matter what school you go to, uh, the name on your jersey, just matter what you do when that ball go up. You lost the lead. You got it back. It went back and forth a lot in the second half. Just what you can say about never giving up, staying poised, staying relaxed, and knowing that you guys could get it back. Uh, just knowing how the, bat, uh, the game of basketball is a game of runs and just uh, playing for the whole 40 minutes until that final buzzer go off. You never know. It's a crazy game. <laughs> what is it about this team that makes this year's St. Bonaventure team so special? Honestly, I think it's just like the chemistry and just the love we have for each other and just knowing that like we give it all on the court for each other. I think really that's the big thing. You guys have wins over the Power Five in the regular season. Now you got this one over UCLA. Just what it says about how dangerous you are as you move forward. Uh, we just keep getting better. Uh, just got to keep working, taking one game at a time. Just prepare. Uh, the coaches do a good job uh, getting us ready. And we just got to go out there 
there and play hard. A team from a small area in New York State. Just what you could say about that. Coming from a, a tiny area in New York State and, and repping that area. Uh, we just we just out there playing. And we just know that St. Bonaventure is a great university, and just we just want to make the university, the alumni, the students, everybody, the community proud. That coming from Amity Ikpeze of the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. And up next is his teammate in our one-on-one -on -one conversation from the locker room following St. Bonaventure's win over UCLA in the first four as Wake Up Call broadcast live down here in over here in Dayton, Ohio. I always want to say down. I feel like we, we're like, we just do that as a society. We always say down. You know, are you coming down to Syracuse when you're talking to a friend from Orlando? I don't know what it is. We always say, are you coming down here, down here, down here? Well, I'm over there in Dayton, Ohio, and we're broadcasting live and in during this first four opportunity and two, you know, two 16-seeded games play-in games and then two 11-seeded play-in games. We had half of them happen on Tuesday, March 13th. And here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, it is time to continue the conversation with that secondary game, which was UCLA and St. Bonaventure. This is what Matt Mobley had to say about knocking down free throws down the stretch. Not just him, but St. Bonnie's as a whole. I mean, uh, we, we like we, we, we cherish free throws every day in practice. We work on those every day. We know how big they are. We know they can win or lose a game. And we just shoot them every day. So it's just like we was every day in practice. We knocked them down, and I'm glad and I'm thankful we were able to do that. Courtney Stocker, just what you can say about what he did in this game, almost 30 points. If it wasn't for court, man, we wouldn't be here right now. We'd be on our way back to Olean. So he carried us all game, and I'm, I'm just thankful he was able to do that. And you know, that's just what he does. Hopefully we can continue to keep doing this on our way to Dallas. The lead went back and forth. It, it, it was with you guys. It was with you guys at the half, and then it went back and forth a lot in the second half. You guys took it back. They had it for a little while. Just what you could say about staying poised and never giving up on the game. I mean, we've been in situations like that all year. Um, we've been down big, came back. We've had the lead, lost it, came back. So there really isn't much the team hasn't seen. We've got a veteran ball club, and if we go down a couple points, you know, that's not going to phase us. We're going to try to fight back and try to get the win. You guys have wins over the Power Five in this tournament now and in the regular season. Just what you could say about how it doesn't matter who the team is, what conference they come from. I mean, the, the, the game's played 94 feet. It doesn't matter if it's on the front of your jersey, back of the jersey, who went to your school before. I mean, you got, you got to come ready to play, and that's what we did today. What is it about this team that makes it so special? What can you say about this group of guys? It's not It's not only the team. It's the school. It's the community. I mean, Dayton fans were cheering for us. We, we, we had guys uh, donate like $10,000, $20,000 just for our fans to come. So $50,000. So it's a family. It's a family. So that's what's so special. We all rally behind each other, and we're not done yet. We're, we're trying to keep going. The Bonnie's fans treated this in Dayton, Ohio, like a home game. Just what you can say about that. I mean, they treated this like a home game. Uh, last week in our A-10 tournament, they treated like a home game. We were out in D.C. We had the most fans there. I mean, it's just crazy. They travel everywhere, and we love them, and they're the reason why we go so hard every day. No problem. Thank you. That coming from Matt Mobley once again of the St. Bonaventure Bonnies in our one-on-one -on -one conversation. Moving on to my conversation with Jalen Adams, staying, staying poised when the lead moved back and forth. Just what he could say about that. 
Um, I credit the, the veteran leadership on this team and the coaching staff. Um, you know, we got three seniors in the backcourt, paired with Courtney, you know, he's a, he's kind of like a senior. LD, he's been in a lot of battles. So I just credit the experience on this team for the way we never hang our head. And we understand that it's a game of 40 minutes, so they're going to make their runs, but we're going to make ours too. You had to make big plays down the stretch. Bring me into that jump shot that you took from inside the arc. There was a little bit off balance, just what you could say about that one. It's, it, it's what I would call, I think maybe you could say this, it's a tournament type shot. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been hitting shots all day. Um, that's part of, the, part of the reason I got so, such a clean look. Um, I wasn't knocking down threes, so I just kept probing them down. Um, I was able to knock down the two. I, I credit my teammates again. The, they found me, they spaced the floor, and, and they just kept me kept, kept my confidence high all night, never let me hang my head. Even though the lead went back and forth, could you feel a level of frustration from them for what you guys were doing? You guys had, you had 11 steals to their one. They had 20 turnovers, you guys had six. I mean, those are, those are tremendous stat lines that show how you win this game. Uh, we just know we've been winning all year defensively. Uh, we've got good offensive players, but when the offense isn't going, we got to really lock in on defense. And I think that's what we did tonight. We just made sure that, that we capitalized on defense and, and we capitalized off their turnovers. So I, I credit Courtney's play on offense and the defense for the win tonight. You know what it's like to go out there and win big time games. You know what it's like to go inside the carrier dome, go to overtime, win that game, come mm -hmm. here, do this. Just what you can say about how this team all season long has been that team that wants people to know that you're here to stay. Again, I just credit the leadership on this team and the coaching staff. We got guys who just been through battles. Uh, we battle tested. Um, oh. <laughs> we got guys who have battle tested, and uh, I just I'm, I'm proud of the win tonight, man. We we got seniors in the backcourt, and I think that's the reason we won for real. I can't even talk right now. It's loud. But, but yeah, that's the reason we won tonight was, was the veteran leadership. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. So, yeah, just going off of that, just what you can say about Coach. Okay, yeah. Um, man, he, he just he means the world to me, man. Uh, he gave me a chance as a freshman. Um, not many people did. He gave me an opportunity. And he, he threw me in the fire as a freshman. And he's, he's the main reason for my maturity and my development. Uh, he trusts me late in the game. I wasn't sticking shots all day, and that just shows the relationship that we got. He put the ball in my hands, and I'm I'm, I'm just thankful for that man. Lastly, for me, there's 351 Division One men's basketball schools. What does it mean to be a Bonnie? So, man, it's crazy. You, you can feel the energy in the gym tonight. Uh, Bonaventure is a special place, man. It's a family. Uh, to, to win this for them tonight, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we can get this win for the fans and for the community, and I want to keep doing it for them. No problem. That coming from Jalen Adams of the St. Bonaventure Bonnies here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and our one-on-one -on -one conversations as we broadcast live from Dayton, Ohio during the first four of the NCAA tournament and being a part of the first official game of the NCAA tournament for Division I men's basketball in 2018 was amazing. Being a part of the first day, the first game, and of course this big-time moment by St. Bonaventure being a central and upstate New Yorker was one for the books, and definitely one for the the log in the brain, so to speak, and and that that book that that my brain continuously writes of the life. This is a chapter I want to keep forever. Courtney Stocker, twenty six points. This is what he had to say about how he went off in this game. Um, well, I got I got to credit my teammates. You know, um, they uh, they keyed in on Jay and Matt early, and we kind of we, we we really knew they would because those are our guys. Um, so I just wanted to kind of be more aggressive and um, just just kind of make plays. 
just to keep us in the game. Um, I got to credit Jay and Matt. They did a good job of finding me. Um, I made plays down the stretch, like you said, and um, I just wanted to be the guy to make plays for us to, to get a W. When you look at a game like this from the outside looking in, people want to talk about who St. Bonnie's is, who UCLA is, history and all that. That didn't matter to you guys, just what you could say about that. Um, like, like, like we say all the time, like we don't really worry about like, like rankings and, and storylines and outside noise. We, at the end of the day, it's a five-on-five five game. They got to lace their shoes up just like we do. Um, and, and we just took advantage of the opportunity, you know. They try to make runs, especially in the second half. Just what you, what you could say about you guys staying calm, staying disciplined, and do what you need to do. Um, I think I think this is a pretty poised team. We got a, a lot of veteran guys, Jay, Matt, Idris. Um, they played in a lot of big games, um, and they're our leaders. So we look to them. They did, they did a good job of rallying the troops when when UCLA went on that run. Um, credit to them. But um, we we made enough plays down the stretch, and we pulled out the W. You had some pretty acrobatic plays around the rim. When you wanted to get to the rim, you got to the rim. Just what you can say about that, because you didn't let anything get dictated to you. You dictated what you were doing. Um, not to, not to toot my own horn, but I. I, I felt like I had the mismatch. Um, my coaches told me that I had the mismatch to just be aggressive coming out. And when I'm when I'm more aggressive, when I'm making plays, that opens up shots for Jay and Matt. And and me being aggressive, I think I think that's what helped the team pull out the win today. What should the world know about St. Bonaventure? You guys come from a small part of New York, yet that small part of New York made this game in Dayton, Ohio, feel like a home game. Um, they should they should know that we're going to come out and play our hardest, our 110% game every night, no matter who we got in front of us, no matter what names we see. And then, like I said, at the end of the day, it's a 5-on-5 five five game, and they got to play just like us. That coming from Courtney Stocker, the leading scorer of the St. Bonaventure Bonnies in this game that was dictating, like I was saying, he was dictating what was going on inside of this game, you know, inside of the, inside of the paint at the rim. I mean, this man was getting to the basket. He was doing acrobatic plays here, there, and everywhere. And then when they needed a big-time three, he stepped out. He thought about it after being under underneath the basket. He came outside. They fed him the ball. He looked at the rim, and he took that shot. And he cashed in when they were trying to come back. And ultimately, they win this game. And, and like Jalen Adams said, we don't win this game without Courtney Stockard. So with that being said, the team has spoken, the players-wise. Now it's time for the head coach. This is not the press conference. This is a one-on-one -on -one in the locker room, just him and I, Mark Schmidt, head coach of the St. Bonaventure Bonnies, on what he can say about this tremendous moment in their history. Oh, you know, we're St. Bonaventure. We haven't won an NCAA tournament game in whatever, 48 years. And to be able to, to do it against UCLA and, and the tradition that they have and, and what happened in, in 1970 with us. Um, you know, and, and, you know, to see our guys' faces um, and how hard they played and having some success, um, I couldn't have been prouder. What Courtney did in this game, 26 points, he went off when he needed to. I, I said 
that from my eyes he dictated what was happening. He didn't let anything get dictated to him. Yeah, we, we thought going into the game that we thought Courtney would be a, um, could be a difference maker just because of the size of UCLA and their four man is you know six eleven. He's not going to be able to move his feet as well. And you know, Courtney's more of a three man than a four man. So we thought that we could uh, attack that, but you just never know. And, you know, it's uh, we started off you know we were nervous, we were tight, but Courtney I thought got us out of that and gave us some confidence, especially when Jay wasn't playing well. Um, and Courtney was the difference, you know, for a kid that to not have played for two years, uh, to be able to come back and have a moment like that, it's, you know, that's what we're really proud of, and I'm, I'm glad he had that, that chance. Jalen said that you took a chance on him as a freshman, and you gave him an opportunity, and that you mean everything to him, just what you can say he means to you. Oh, we wouldn't be here. He, he's, he's our Tom Brady. You know, he, he's, he, he runs the team. Um, you know, he's the leader of our team. He gives us confidence. And even a game like today where he's struggling, you know, he hits that big shot. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, we, we didn't know he was going to be this good. Uh, I'd be lying if I told you we did. Um, but just a great kid. He epitomizes what we try to do at Bonaventure. You know, a kid that goes to class, is a good student, and loves to play. The fans made Dayton, Ohio feel like it was a home game for you guys. Oh, it, was, it was Riley Center in Dayton. You know, it's, it's the first time you know, that I've been here um, where we didn't get booed. You know, and, and, and the Dayton community and the fans is one of the reasons why we won. That, that was a home court for us. Um, and kudos goes out to them. They 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 were really supportive and we're, we're much appreciated. Coach, I'm an appreciative. <laughs> I'm an upstate New Yorker, so I know that St. Bonaventure is in in a little small part. Yeah. You know, just what you could say about the family and the close knit and just what it is and, and how this team is special. I can I can't really put it into words. It's like it, it's a unique place. It's a family. Um, it's a it's a cult in a in a, in a good way. You know, one you know they have the same once a always a Bonnie um, it's just it's I've never ever talked to anybody that hasn't had a good experience there it's it's away from things but since it's away from things it brings people together and basketball is, is ignites everybody um, you know so it's it's just a neat place that you know when people talk when you say stuff about Bonaventure and how nice it is and, and, and the, 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 the rally center people don't understand you got to see it you know and once you see it then you can you'll, you'll be Come a believer, you know it's better than what I can say. It's just it's a special place, and the people um, at the university and the alums just they love it. They they love the place, and they're so passionate about the university and about our basketball program. That coming from head coach Mark Schmidt of the St. Bonaventure Bonnies, and I want to thank him for taking some time with me because, like I said, that was post the the post game press conference that was in the locker room, him and I, with all the team around, having a conversation. So thank you to Mark Schmidt. And uh, and after we had that conversation, he put his arm around me and he said, you're a Bonnie now. So, you know, it's moments like that that you never, that you never forget. And it's moments like that, that that mean a lot to you. And it's it's moments that this tournament bring you and that, you know, this this broadcasting and writing life has brought me and, and owning my own company and, and all this. I mean, it's... God has brought a lot to my doorstep, and it has been beautiful. It has been fun, exciting, and I can't thank him enough for it. So with all that being said, I'm very proud to be somebody who has a faith, believes in God, and and knows that the story of life is always giving fruit and bearing fruit and creating. And, And I'm just 
I'm just blessed to be here. Speaking of here, Wake Up Call with Dan Satora is broadcasting live from Dayton, Ohio during the first four. It's my first ever time being on site covering the first four, which are the play-in games of the NCAA tournament for Division I men's basketball. So very happy to be here with you in Dayton, Ohio. First time in Dayton, first time in Ohio, first time covering the first four. A lot of firsts here this week and all of them amazing. I told my wife that when I got to my hotel room before the games even started, that God had blessed me so much on this trip that I didn't even need to see the games. And, you know, the games obviously have been truly amazing and and more than delivered. So, you know, Radford and LIU Brooklyn, I mean, Radford really kept LIU at bay for the most part, but it was a game. And then St. Bonaventure, I picked them to win that game. I was just like, you know, there's something about this team. This team was very impressive this year. After they beat Syracuse, you know, you just kind of had the notion that, and they beat Maryland, you know, you had the notion that, that this team was going to be a tournament team. They took care of business. They're in a very difficult conference. And, you know, they continue to win. They continue to push. They continue to do good things. Their respect should have been there from you. You know, some people, I mean, obviously um, not everybody pays attention to what the the Bonnies are doing or to what every single team is doing, but you should. And, you know, I mean, we look at St. Bonaventure and the Atlantic 10. The Atlantic 10 is one of the most difficult conferences to play in college basketball, and it's been that way. Even though they've changed and people have come in and out of the conference, that conference continues to be one of the most difficult conferences. And what I mean by that is the fact that, you know, you talk about the Big East beating up on each other and the ACC beating up on each other. The Atlantic 10 does the same thing. And when you go throughout this, when you go to the Rhode Island Rams, they've gotten good as of late. St. Bonaventure Bonnies having a good season right now, winning their first tournament game in 40 years. Davidson getting the conference tournament championship. So they had the automatic bid to come into the NCAA tournament to St. Joseph's who finished fourth in the A-10 this year. And what they've done, they've been a number one seed before in the NCAA tournament. VCU has been dangerous in the past when they had Shaka Smart as their head coach and they're still relevant. The St. Louis Billikens have shocked some people in recent history. George Mason had made it to a Final Four. Richmond was the 15th seed that beat Syracuse when Syracuse was a two-seed. Dayton is a team that played Syracuse tough and other teams tough. I mean, we look throughout this entire conference, and I just named the top nine in the Atlantic 10, and all of them have been relevant in the last decade or so. So not an easy conference to come out of, and the St. Bonaventure Bonnies had the second-best record at 14-4 and four behind Rhode Island, who was 15-3. and three. St. Bonnie's 26-7 and seven after the victory over UCLA. And that 26-win season thus far is a record of the most wins that St. Bonaventure has ever had in a season in their history of existence. So a huge congratulations to the St. Bonaventure Bonnies and to all that they have done. Thank you so much. Johnny is here on the line with me. He's on He's on the live feed. If you become a member of MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, you will get two awesome things, and they come for free. You get to chat with me in the live chat room, that which is for members only. And so it's just a live running feed of a conversation. 
And whenever the show goes live, you can speak with me. You can ask questions, you know, to the people that are on the show and, and, and a part of the show live and whatnot. And then outside of that, you get emailed when the show goes live so you never miss a live show again. MixLR.com backslash DT. Wherever we're broadcasting from, wherever we are, Dayton, Ohio this time around, wherever we may be, you're here with us on MixLR.com backslash DT. And, of course, on Facebook at DT on Twitter at CallDT, and on Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT. Johnny really wants Indomitian Sue to come back to, uh, to, to come back to the team. So he, what did he have here? He said it would be super cool. And I was like, and then I changed Indomitian Sue to saw and put I saw what you did there. He but it would be superb, superman, and then Sue with the dollar sign. And he said he's all jacked up on Mountain Dew. So Johnny, you know, we're going to take a really quick step aside And when I come back from this break, I know we've been speaking about college basketball throughout today's show. I know that we've been, you know, obviously speaking about it the last week with the, with the ACC tournament, my coverage from Brooklyn and doing all the live shows there, as well as championship week and bracketology and selecting who do I think is going to make the tournament and the at-large bids and all that good stuff. So with all of that being said and everything we've done with college basketball, there's been so many things going on with the NFL. And it's not that I haven't wanted to talk about it. It's just the time of the year and what's going on. So you know what? We got a few minutes. Ross and I are going to unveil our brackets at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So I got some time. We're going to take a fast break. We're going to come back. I'm going to discuss the Detroit Lions. So, Johnny, and I'm going to discuss them, not just because, you know, Johnny's the resident central and upstate New York Detroit Lions fan, but because the Detroit Lions have made a lot of moves lately, a lot of transactions. So, Johnny, get your questions in, get your thoughts in here. We're going to discuss it in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Unica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. 
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We are inside of the morning menu for Wednesday, March 14th. You've already had plenty of conversations between myself and the Radford Highlanders, St. Bonaventure Bonnies, one-on-one conversations here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora as well. And Mike Wheeler of the OCC Lasers women's basketball team as they get set for the NJCAA Division Three National Tournament. And you just heard very recently here from Eric Devendorf of Syracuse Orange men's basketball history. That six-overtime game against UConn. And, of course, the current assistant strength coach on the team here in Dayton, as am I, as Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora airs live from Dayton, Ohio, here this morning on Wednesday, March 14th. We're going we're going to unveil our brackets. Ross Turetsky, sports writer from Northeastern Pennsylvania and a great friend of mine. I consider him a brother. Him and I every single year unveil our brackets live on Wake Up Call together. So I'm very excited to do that. But before we go there, we're going to take a little break for the NFL. And I know Johnny's been sending messages for the last week and week plus on wanting to discuss his team, so we're going to do that right now. He said, is Coach Matty P going to switch to a 3-4 defense with all the linebacker signings and with Haloti Nagata going to Philly that leaves a void at defensive tackle? What I'm reading is they may trade up because they want... Now, they brought in running backs and passed on them, and they're looking at Frank Gore now if he passes... But very, but yet still very serviceable and a power back, and can mentor the younger guys. I hope we can sign them because we can get him at a good price. So, is Matty P going to switch his defense? That's the question. So, <clears throat> where do we think that he could be going? Well, he hired Paul Pascaloni to be his defensive coordinator. So, that is something to be said. When Paul Pascaloni was with Syracuse back in the mid-90s, they ran a 4-3 defense. Now, I want, to, I want to take a look here right now. Now, Matt Patricia looking at taking the defensive scheme and tailoring it around his players and what he sees from his players and what he has. You know, Matt, Matt Patricia had said, scheme and things like that is going to be a process for us to go through before we kind of nail everything down. There's a whole player evaluation that needs to take place first. There's obviously free agency, the draft, which affects all of that too. As you go through the process of spring training camp and the and the season, for me, that changes. End quote. So kind of looking at how he's going to scheme things and what's going to go on here. New England, when Matt Patricia was the defensive coordinator there, wasn't a straight 4-3 or a 3-4. So we look at the fact that he was more of a week-to-week scheming. Def, de, you know, when he, as a defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia wasn't. Yeah, I'm a three-four guy, and that's it. No, I'm a four-three guy, and that's it. Scheming week-to-week for your opponent and being able to be multiple and being able to ad-lib and being able to adjust. That's why the Patriots win so many Super Bowls. That's why the Patriots are relevant every single year. We speak on it with you know whether it's college, whether it's college basketball or or the NFL, or whatever it may be, that if, you, if you're if you multiple, you have the opportunity to win multiple championships because you can adjust. And that's one of the things that Matt Patricia hangs his hat on here. So defensive coordinator Paul Pascaloni, 
He said, quote, I'll say Coach Pascaloni and I have a long history together, so there's a lot of common ground from what we believe in, how a defense should be played, how it should be run, the fundamentals behind it. You know, the core teaching of what should be accomplished first and foremost. There's a huge comfort level for me to have him on board and to be able to entrust him to handle that. End quote. So it seems like could be continuing what he did and why wouldn't he with New England instead of being a straight base 4-3 or a 3-4 to adjust to the talent that you have on the team to build around that talent, to find what works best for that talent, how you can win with that talent, and to look week to week at the matchups that you have and to be able to have nuances and scheming and different things that can help you out. And having a coach as your defensive coordinator and Paul Pascaloni, who's been a D coordinator as well as a head coach, and you look at him with all the work that he's done collegiately as well as in the NFL ranks, he's somebody that has a good relationship with Matt Patricia. He's also somebody who's had a ton of experience. So that is huge for the Detroit Lions as they move forward. The other thing about the Detroit Lions is the fact that they brought in so many different people at the running back position, you know, DeMarco Murray from the Titans, as well as, you know, bringing in Jonathan Stewart of the Carolina Panthers, and now Frank Gore of the Indianapolis Colts, who spent so much time with the San Francisco 49ers. And the question is, you know, who is the right guy? Now, Frank Gore is not going to live forever. If you sign Frank Gore, you're going to have him for about two to three years. That's all you're going to get, maybe two years. So, you know, Frank has obviously shown that he can withstand the test of time, and he's not your typical running back that has two to three years, three to four years longevity in the NFL. This guy's been playing for a very long time, seems like 30 years sometimes. But, you know, Frank Gore has something left in the tank. He showed that with Indy, but Indy has struggled to move the ball on the ground and in general, and it has to – fix some things on the offensive line to make sure that they're protecting their quarterback and moving the team forward. So, you know, with Frank Gore moving forward in his career, I don't think he's a bad move for Detroit, but you have to couple him with a younger guy. You have to couple him with somebody who hasn't been in the NFL that long. Maybe go get a rookie. Maybe somebody who's got a couple years on him. DeMarco Murray, I really would have liked to see what he could be in Detroit. I think that there's something left in the tank. Unfortunately, he's been injured a lot lately. And he really didn't have a season in his second season with the Tennessee Titans. You know, you look at what he did with the Dallas Cowboys in the big head that that created with him. He goes off to Philadelphia, does almost nothing. And then Philadelphia runs all over the Patriots with Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt and Corey Clement did some great things in that Super Bowl and caught a touchdown pass and, and obviously what he did throughout the season. So, you know, you look at DeMarco when he switched teams, it didn't really work out. But for Corey Clement, an undrafted rookie out of Wisconsin, to LeGarrette Blunt coming over from the Patriots, to Jay Ajayi coming over from the Dolphins, they all found a way to make it work in Philadelphia and win a Super Bowl. So that doesn't bode well for DeMarco. And when DeMarco was sent packing after a year with Philadelphia, he looked really good with Tennessee and catching the ball out of the backfield. And fantasy football-wise, he was very impressive. But then this past season, he got hurt a lot. So... You know, to get to Marco Murray right now, I'm not a big fan of it. And Jonathan Stewart, and this is no disrespect to Jonathan, I have really never been a fan of him. You know, fantasy football-wise, he doesn't score points. So when I'm drafting, I always say, I, I, you can have Jonathan Stewart. I'm never going to fight you on Jonathan Stewart because Cam Newton is the leading running back for Carolina. So what Jonathan can be outside of the only place he's ever been, which is the Carolina Panthers, is left to be seen, and I don't know if I want – Detroit to be the team that's going to, you know, have the testing grounds of it. If I want Detroit to be the mouse in this maze 
that they've dropped the mouse in because, you know, it, it hasn't worked out with Theo Riddick. You know, he's not a dominant back. He's a change of pace guy, but he gets hurt. Amir Abdullah, he spent a few seasons in the NFL, and it just hasn't worked out, and he's not your dominant back, and he doesn't stay healthy either. So, you know, you, you try to try to find a place for, you know, well, you try to find a running back that can find their place on this Detroit team because, of course, everybody's always going to think about Barry Sanders. And what you have to understand is that Barry Sanders is, is never going to happen again. There's only one Barry Sanders, and there's a reason for that, and he's one of the greatest players that ever played any sport in the history of mankind and I loved watching him. I was not a Detroit fan. I'm not a Detroit Lions fan in the comfort of my own home. You know, that's not my team whose flag I have and banner and whatnot. But I will tell you that I'm a Barry Sanders fan forever and a day. And when I say Barry Sanders, I always picture when I saw him bend his foot downward like he broke his ankle and then just cuts in the other direction and takes off into a pile burst through the pile and somehow finds life after that. Barry Sanders, one of the greatest to ever live, and he's never going to be replaced. So, you know, Detroit fans have to come to terms with that. But Amir Abdullah is not the answer. Theo Riddick is not the answer. Jonathan Stewart's not the answer. DeMarco Murray's not the answer. Is Frank Gore the answer? I don't think so. I think he can be part of the answer, but I don't think he's the full answer. I still think that that they may have to look into the draft and see what they can do and, and if they can make some things happen. Johnny said, we let two top-tier cornerbacks go, which I get because you don't want to pay them more than your Pro Bowl cornerback, Darius Slay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Detroit's got to make moves. The The good thing for Detroit is they have Paul Pascaloni on the staff, and he is a phenomenal coach. And I know that his record doesn't always state it, but, I mean, this man's worked with the Houston Texans and the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins. He was head coach at UConn, and he was an assistant most recently with Boston College under Steve Adazio, who, ironically, was his assistant at Syracuse. And he spent so much time at Syracuse and got fired for being mediocre at 6-6, six and six, which is hilarious because Syracuse would love to be 6-6 six and six right now in football. So, you know, I mean, I think Paul Pascaloni is a great hire. I feel like this man, you know, the older he gets, the more jobs he gets and the more opportunities that he gets. It just goes to show that, you know, win, lose, or draw, if people respect you and you build a good network and you have good relationships and a good reputation, then you're going to be okay, you know, because the person that he is obviously speaks louder than his his wins and when he's taking those L's. And, you know, can't we all aspire to be that, that people look at us not just for our wins and losses, not just for our accolades and our adversity moments, but as the human being that we are. And if someone loves the human that you are, irregardless of your ups and downs, your ebb and flow, when you do this, when this doesn't work out, when this does work out, if they love you for who you are, if they love Dan Tortora for Dan Tortora, then they're going to love me forever and they're going to work with me forever and they're going to be a part of the family forever. And that's what Paul Pascaloni is. And so I think that that's huge. Uh, you know, Matt Patricia, he's coming from the New England Patriots. They've won a few games in the past few years. They have a few rings. I heard that they're a pretty good team last time I checked. So, you know, I think that they definitely have built up their coaching staff. And on top of that, you know, it's just about making the right moves. And I think letting Jonathan Stewart go, that could go either way because we don't know what he's going to be outside of Carolina. I think DeMarco Murray, letting him go, that's okay. I'm not going to lose sleep over that. But you can't go with Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick anymore, and you really have to buckle down. I mean, Theo could be a help for you as a change of pace, change of pace guy still, 
But, you know, Frank Gore could be, like I said, he could be an answer, but he's not going to be the answer. I think that the answer is to bring in a vet and maybe a rookie for the Detroit Lions. With that being said, we'll take a quick fast break here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Johnny, I hope that I answered a bunch of your questions and gave you some good analysis on the Detroit Lions. You caught me on the fly here with... You know, nothing prepared to sit down and talk about in this. I'm speaking to you from the heart and from the mind of what I know of the Detroit Lions. And, you know, that's what it's got to be about here. I'm not, I don't write scripts. I don't have a shot sheet. I know who's going to be on here for interviews. I know some of the stuff we're going to discuss. I do my research. I prepare. And, you know, and then some of you ask me questions that have nothing to do with what's on the docket for the day, and we do what we can. So, Johnny said, thank you, sir, with, you know, and Dominican Sue you know, with the S-U-H-R. So, you know, I, I got to give it up to Johnny. He is, he's utilized someone's name in these nice little play on words better than most. So I'll give that to you. In 32 years, Johnny, I don't know if I've seen somebody use somebody's last name in as many plays on words as you have, especially in as a short amount of time as a half an hour. So shout out to you for that. We're going to Take a quick fast break here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. When we come back, we're going to go an extra hour of the show. Normally, we're 9 to 11. We're going to go until noon today because it's time to unveil our bracket. Ross Turetsky and I unveil our NCAA tournament bracket coming up in just a moment. Make sure you go to the Yahoo Tourney Pick'em. Click on Find a Group, and you will see Wake Up Call. Click on Wake Up Call and join there. Or you can look up group 9345, or you can look up groups that are connected with Syracuse, or you can look up wake up call as three separate words on the Yahoo Tourney Pick'em, or you can go to Twitter at CallDT and Facebook at Wake Up Call DT and click on the links there. So there's so many different ways to do so. No excuse to not be a part of it. Over 200 of you have signed up. Let's make it happen again. Sign up in the Yahoo Tourney Pick'em Wake Up Call Bracket Challenge while we're talking on the show today. And we'll be back after this fast break to unveil our brackets. Ross will unveil his. I don't know who he picked. He doesn't know who I picked. That's all coming up in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. The Penn & Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Penn & Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York 
is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. The road to the NCAA Tournament champion for men's Division I college basketball begins in Dayton, Ohio, and that is exactly where Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is today. Live from Dayton, Ohio, on location, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora broadcasting to you on WakeUpCallDT.com and directly on the live stream, MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. It is such an honor and such a privilege, and I haven't said this to any of you this morning on the show until right now, but this is our 50th show of 2018. So we're sitting here on March 14th, and we've already hit 50 shows. We did over 200 last year on the live line here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We've done over 1,000 shows in my career, 15 years of being a broadcaster. Over 1,000 people have graced the stage, and we just added a bunch more today with, with Radford and St. Bonnie's. So it has been amazing, and I can't think of a better way to spend my 50th show, marquee show of 2018, halfway to 100 already, and we're, we're not even through three months, and that is to have this show with one of my best friends, somebody who I consider my brother, and that's Ross Turetsky. We do a thing called The Drive with a capital D and a capital R for Dan and Ross, and our drive to the NCAA tournament all the way through from the round of 64 to the national champion and what we think the score is going to be. Ross and I do this every year. We've been doing this for a long time, and we're back at it today, and we're doing it live this time for the first time ever, live from Dayton, Ohio. I got Ross on the phone. He's going to unveil his bracket. I'm going to unveil mine. We're going to go We're going to go piece by piece together. So we'll go, you know, I'll do the South, he'll do the South, and then the Midwest for the both of us. And so we'll we'll have each of us kind of give our reasoning and our our purpose for why we picked who we picked and then we'll put them up against each other and see just how many we have the same or how many are different. So with that being said, happy 50th show to Wake Up Call and welcome to one of the greatest people on earth, Ross Turetsky, sports writer for Northeast Pennsylvania and one of the best people that God has put into my life. Ross, how you doing today? I'm doing very well, buddy. Thanks for having me on. And can you feel the madness? March Madness is upon us. We had some two, two very good games last night. Two more today in uh, Dayton, Ohio, including your, your Syracuse Orange. I'm hoping they can come through against uh, Arizona State. A lot of doubters out there, but it's the best time of the year. I know a lot, there was a lot of NCAA scandals with people letting the money to who knows who, and people are like saying the one and done rule, and college basketball is broken. Well, 
all that could be true, but come March Madness, that seems to all go out the window because it's still the most exciting time of the year and probably the best two and a half to three weeks that we're going to have in sports between uh, all these exciting games, the buzzer beaters, the Cinderella, the upsets, and uh, it really just makes it exciting. And by the time that's done, we got baseball back, we got hockey and basketball going into the playoffs, and that baseball starting up for the season, football free agency starts today. So this really uh, kicks off, March Madness really kicks off, an exciting time to be a sports fan, to be alive in the sports world, and a nice distraction for all the craziness out there in the world with the Kim Jong-uns and all the other insanity that we hear every day. It's it's definitely a treat to uh, just sit down and watch a lot of exciting basketball games uh, and have a good time. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it's you know it's it's funny because for the next few weeks we will see who will move through this bracket and be crowned the national champion only to maybe have the NCAA take it away 10 years from now. So, you know, I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah, Louisville five years ago, 2013 banner has been stripped away. So, yeah, you never know now. You know, so uh, it, it's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, it's March Madness. And, you know, I would venture to say, and I said it at the beginning of the season, just a couple, you know, a couple weeks, a couple games into the season that March Madness started a lot early, kind of started in in January this year and there's been some agreement to that because there's been these teams that on paper aren't supposed to defeat these other teams and it has happened already and then we see you know St. Bonaventure continuing their run 26 game 26 wins this season 26 and 7 after winning in the first four game that I covered between St. Bonaventure and UCLA 26 wins in a single season is a record for the school Ross, before we go anywhere, just what you could say about, you know, we're inside of the first four. I'm here in Dayton, Ohio at the University of Dayton. Radford 16 seed took down 16 seeded LIU Brooklyn. So Radford will face number one Villanova. And then UCLA lost to St. Bonaventure. And that 11 seed of St. Bonnie's will go on and face number six Florida. And then we have Syracuse fighting with Arizona State for the right to move forward in the NCAA tournament as an 11 seed to go up against the six-seeded TCU and Jamie Dixon, who used to be over at Pittsburgh that had Syracuse's number more often than not when he was there. And, and then, of course, we have the NC Central Texas Southern 16-seed matchup in the first four who will earn the right to play number one Xavier. Just what you could say about you know this, this first four, the play-in games, and and knowing that there's already been some excitement, you know, Radford and LIU Brooklyn went back and forth, and St. Bonnie's dictated the pace for what I, even when they were down for 40 minutes of this game, they were never really truly out of anything, and it was an amazing game to watch. Yeah, I was very proud of St. Bonaventure. I, uh, with a Newport baby, she's now eight months old, I almost passed out a few times on that game, because for me, I'm an old guy now. I feel like the oldest 31-year-old out there. I was about to go to go sleepy night-night early, but the game captivated me. I stayed up. I smacked myself awake a few times, chugged some mints and some Red Bull, and I stayed up for the rest of that game. And I kept thinking UCLA kept coming at them, and it looked like, oh, maybe they're the more talented team. They're definitely the team with the, the more of the championship pedigree with the John Wooden years and all that greatness. And, of course, they had the insane scandal with uh, when they visited China and Lonzo Ball's uh, other kid, uh, one of his other uh, three kids, who briefly was on UCLA and then got thrown off the team for the alleged shoplift and all that craziness. And they were a solid team, UCLA, and you just thought, oh, eventually that talent will take over. I was very impressed with the blue-collar nature of St. Bonaventure. They just kept working it. They kept. Uh, they just wouldn't go away. No matter what UCLA would do to them, no matter how much more talented UCLA might be than them, uh, St. Bonaventure, just, just the team cohesiveness of them. And I just really enjoyed watching 
when you watch a team go all at it, and it's almost like, like that little underdog, little engine that could, that you're like, oh, there's no way this team, if they had maybe like a best of seven series like the NBA, most of the time you're not going to knock off a Golden State Warriors four out of seven games when you're the, when you don't have as much talent. But St. Bonaventure, with what they had, they worked together well, and I just really loved the team play they did. They were physical. They 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 got the job done. And I was just excited to see them pull it out. Got a nice win. And uh, we'll see how what they could do now in this tournament. But I was very impressed. They got a nice win over UCLA, and I was I thought that was cool. How uh, they told you during your interviews and post game press conferences that you're a, a Bonnie now, an honorary St. Bonaventure guy now. And uh, the other playing games were are exciting as well. I'm glad it's not what it used to be, where it was just 16 seeds and they're going to get you know sacrificial lamb, get destroyed, and go take the number one seed on. Now they have seeds like 11 seed, a 12 seed. They they have high you know back-end seeds that are not just the bottom feeders. They have some decent teams uh, that are in this thing. UC, USC, uh, St. John's, uh, not St. John's, Syracuse, and uh, UCLA, and all those teams that in the past, when they first started, I didn't like it that they would just go right to like a number 16 seed, and there were basically two you know mediocre teams that barely got in, and then they were going to get destroyed. So I'm, I'm, I'm much better with this system. Um, and then I think with, Saint, uh, with Syracuse, you know, it's exciting. I know there's a lot of people out there, a lot of haters who are like, they don't belong here. Well, you know, they you know, they did what they had to do, they, you know, and it's a hit or miss. Even you admit it, you're a guy who definitely loves your Syracuse Orange. But uh, last year, they fell short, didn't get in, and NIT was kind of a lackluster afterthought. People, and, you know, they're so used to winning at Syracuse, they didn't know what to think with the NIT. And uh, I'm excited to get to go to the tournament. They had, you know, as much as like the Doug Gottlieb's, the ESPN, all those experts who seem to hate on them all the time. Yes, a lot of times they play an easy schedule at the beginning of the season and they stay in upstate New York a lot. But you got to think about they're in the best conference in basketball in the ACC. They get challenged throughout the year. They had a few big time wins when there's other teams that have beaten no one and then they still expect to get in. So I was happy Syracuse got in. Uh, they have that pedigree. They're going to have a built-in fan base. We're going to travel well. Jim Beheim and the NCAA tournament is what uh, what should happen throughout the years, and uh, you love to see them there. So now what we want to see is what, what they can do. I think that they actually have a decent ch- a shot tonight. I saw a lot of Dowers picking Arizona State to beat them. I think they can win this, and then they can beat TCU, and then who knows if they play Michigan State in round two, anything is on the table. And, I, and just to say this, I also love that we're back to calling these they're more like playing games when they want to call first four because it would screw up the whole order calling this the first round and then Thursday and Friday were round two. Let's be honest. The tournament really kicks off with the first round come Thursday at 12 o'clock. Remember back when the day when you were in school, buddy, when if your teacher was nice enough and you behaved, she'd put on the, the games right during the school day and it felt like the greatest thing ever. It felt like summer vacation came early. So we're spring break. So we were excited about that. So 12 o'clock Thursday when the brackets are due to come in, that's when the tournament really kicks off in the first round. I'm glad they called that the first round again. So we're very excited about that. But yeah, these uh, playing games, these first four, they're very exciting games. I'm glad you're getting a chance to cover them. You do a good job, a great job throughout the years uh, covering them. And uh, I just think it's exciting. They're on neutral ground, Dayton, Ohio, so anything can happen. And you get a true testament over who can win any every given day, any given Sunday, as they would say in football. Anyone can win in a, in a one-and-done tournament. And I like that they're on neutral courts. They're not with any home court advantage for the most part, besides you know, with the built-in fan bases who travel better. And I just like that. I think that it's going to be a, it's going to be a good testament of who's the better team, who wants it more. And I you know I think that Syracuse is a team, though, that could be dangerous. A team like them is dangerous. St. Bonaventure is dangerous. Teams that get in, you don't think much of them. But they're dangerous if they can get in. And then with LIU and Radford, 
Radford hadn't won a tournament game in God knows how long. It's been a, a, a many a time. I don't know if they had that one, one before this. And LIU Brooklyn, that's actually where my uh, my dad, he went to school. He's an alumnus there. So they're excited every time they get in the tournament. But they the Blackbirds got knocked out. And uh, we'll see. Radford, no matter what, Radford has a tournament win. Counts the tournament win. And uh, March Madness has begun. So, buddy, I'm glad to kick off another year of the drive with you. Absolutely. And, and, you know, droughts were ended for both sides here, which is absolutely insane. I mean, it was a 48-year drought for St. Bonaventure. The last time that they had done it was back in 1970. So we look at, you know, how huge that was for St. Bonnie's and, you know, just what they just what they did in this game and, you know, to, to break that, to break that mold and, and get that opportunity to do what they've done. And, you know, then a team like Radford, I mean, you look at how they've they've waited and waited and waited and waited for the opportunity and finally got their first ever NCAA tournament win, which is massive. So Radford had never had an NCAA tournament win and St. Bonnie's hadn't had one for 48 years. And I got to see them both back to back here in Dayton, Ohio, in my first ever trip to Dayton. So, you know, it's it's been a great start to the tournament, to say the least. And, you know, it's it's been amazing, and I feel like it will only continue on with the upcoming games that we have. So with that being said, Ross and I are going to, as Ross said, you know, the true first round is the first round. And I'm, I am happy, too, that they have made the change to this, that we're not calling the first round the second round and the second round the this and this and that, you know, that, that there's the first four and that there's the final four. And... I feel that the NCAA didn't make any mistakes with this. You know, the final four is known all over the world. So then you get the first four in and all of a sudden it has more of a, you know, illustrious name. It's, it's more prominent. It's more shiny. The first four, the final four, the beginning, the end, the ebb, the flow. So, you know, you know the alpha and the omega, so to speak. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, how they've rebranded that. And what they've done for that, because the the truth of the matter is the first four are the first four games where teams are playing in for their right to be in the tournament. And then once the tournament begins, when everybody is seated and it's all done and there's no playing games, that's when, you know, the first round really begins. So it's nice to have the first round not be the second round anymore. And I think the first four was good branding. It was very, it was very confusing. So I'm glad they went back to what, what it should have been all along because it just, was, it was messing me up. And I know as a lot of fans, it just, it just didn't make sense. Round, the round one begins Thursday at noon, and we're pumped for it. And I love Thursday and Friday are probably my two favorite days of the tournament, just because it's from 12 noon all the way past midnight. You yeah. got over 12 hours of basketball each day, all day long, all night long, and that's uh, to me, and that's usually the most upsets happen in the first two days of the tournament in round one. So I'm looking forward to see who's going to put on that Cinderella glass slipper, who, who will fit into the slipper. Yeah, that's that's where I like to, you know, put the, you know, get on the couch, grab a blanket, and just sit there and, and get my popcorn ready, so to speak. So with that being said, you know, it's my favorite part of the tournament because there's 32 games, 64 teams, and like Ross said, on Thursday it's, it's noon to midnight, and on Friday it's noon to midnight. I, I would love if every round could be that long, but then we'd be playing basketball forever. But a part of me is okay with that. So with that being said, we're going to get into our bracket breakdown with Ross Turetsky. And Ross, as always, I appreciate the drive with you, DR, for Dan and Ross inside of the drive. We're going to start in the south bracket. We're going to go south to the west and then east to the midwest. 
We're going to just do the round of 64, and then we'll address it and come back. So we're going to bring you through each round, and then we're going to hit it from there. So the round of 64, 32, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four, National Championship. So, Ross, let's go down the south bracket. I'm going to let you run through your bracket in the south for the round of 64, who's going to advance through each one of those games, and then I will give mine. So who do you have advancing? Bring me to each matchup. We'll start with Virginia, UMBC, and we'll end with Cincinnati, Georgia State. Well, yeah, definitely, guys. No no 16 seed has ever beat a one seed. I don't see it happening, probably ever, but I don't definitely don't see it happening here. Virginia's hot. They won that ACC tournament uh, in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center that you saw and covered last week. I'm going to definitely go with Virginia in that game. And then uh, what we got in the second game, we got Creighton and Kansas State. I'm going to go with Kansas State to win that one. Uh, that's you know that's kind of a toss-up matchup. Both have had success in the past in the tournament. You kind of have to just throw that up there. And then we got Kentucky, a five seed, which I know John Calipari is always kind of complaining and whining. Why why don't we get any respect with Rodney Dangerfield? But I'm like they get plenty of respect, and he also has done a lot of allegedly shady things in the past and got wins and tournament uh, you know Final Fours taken away throughout. So he should be happy with all his one and dones. They have success. They're a five seed. They're gonna knock off Davidson, even though it's a tough one because twelve and uh, five versus twelve seeds. That's where a lot of the upsets happen. Those 12 seeds usually knock off the five seeds. But I think Kentucky, they're young, of course, because they have so much NBA talent with these one-and-done guys. But I think they're, they have too much talent on the court to lose this game. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, I'm going to have Arizona win their game. I think uh, as much as as much as much their controversy has been going with Arizona, where Sean Miller, I'm not even 100% sure if he's going to be allowed to coach these games uh, because of what the FBI uh, wiretapped him and, Allegedly was offered 100 grand for his top player. They're letting the top player play, which is kind of weird that they're going to roll the dice and let him play. And God knows what the future of that program is. All these wins could be wiped right out. But Arizona has a lot of talent, so they're going to definitely win theirs. Uh, and then we were talking about this the other day. I really like, in the next matchup, Loyola-Chicago to advance in their matchup. I just think that they're a team that is hot. you got to give a lot of respect to these teams that maybe they're not the household names, the Duke or North Carolinas, but I think you gotta give you gotta give the ups for if a team comes in red hot. I think that definitely is an advantage here because you get you give a chance to believe you believe that you can win these games, and if you're red hot, you might not know enough that you're not really supposed to make it far in this tournament. And I really like teams that are coming in in a hot streak and not limping their way into this tournament. I'm going with Iola Chicago to win their first round game. Tennessee will win theirs. And then on the bottom half of the bracket, I'm going to go with Texas to win their game and Cincinnati to win theirs. So I, that's those will be my picks for the first round in the South bracket. So that coming from Ross Turetsky in my South bracket, I'm going to start things off with uh, Virginia over UMBC. I have Virginia winning this game. <clears throat> they came into this tournament having won the ACC tournament after winning the regular season title in the ACC they're a tough out for anyone with their frustrating and disciplined style. I am picking Virginia in the 8-9 matchup, Creighton and Kansas State. You know, I, I always said when you go for Creighton, they lose. When you go against them, they win. But I'm picking Creighton in this one. They seem to always be the scary choice in the NCAA tournament. They lost five of their last eight games, including a loss to number one seeded Xavier of the West Bracket. But they did defeat Villanova down the stretch 
Kansas State is 5-10 and 10 versus teams that are currently in the NCAA tournament. So I am going to go with Creighton in this game to pull off at least this victory before they lose to Virginia. Kentucky, number 5 seed against number 12 seed at Davidson. Hard part for me was the thought that Davidson could maybe pull this game off. I went back and forth with, with this for a while. But Kentucky is hard to pass up when you see them on any seed line in the NCAA tournament. Davidson defeated top 25 Rhode Island twice in the last four games, including to win the Atlantic 10 tournament. They also hold a 2-1 record this season against St. Bonnie's inside the A-10. Both teams averaging approximately 77 points per game. Davidson allows a few less points per game to their opponent. Senior forward Peyton Aldridge, 21.5 points and 7.8 rebounds per contest with Davidson. This game may be closer than Kentucky fans might feel comfortable with, but ultimately I'm going to give the slight edge to Kentucky, and I may regret doing this, because in the pit of my stomach, I keep going back and forth. But I'm going to say Kentucky squeaks by. Number four, Arizona. Number 13, Buffalo. Well, Arizona's not going to have to worry about giving up their NCAA tournament wins in 2018. Because they're not going to have any. DeAndre Ayton comes in averaging a double-double at 20.3 points per game. And 11.5 rebounds per game for Arizona. But Buffalo is no team to overlook. This game will be high-scoring and the running of the Bulls may be too powerful for the Wildcats in a weak Pac-12 this season. My pick is 13-seeded Buffalo. Number six, Miami, Florida against number 11, Loyola, Chicago. Miami went 11-7 in the ACC regular season in the toughest conference in college basketball. Loyola, Chicago comes into the game on a 10-0 run, 10 games in a row, and 17 of their last 18. Coming in hot, I am also, like Ross, picking Loyola of Chicago. Number three, Tennessee against number 14, Wright State. Tennessee advanced to the Southeastern Conference Tournament finale and fell to Kentucky by five. They're 8-7 and seven this season against teams that are in the current NCAA tournament. Look for Tennessee to take this one from Wright State. Number seven, Nevada taking on number 10, Texas. Baffled is a word to describe a response to Texas getting into the NCAA tournament this year. For some odd reason, the committee loved the Big 12 so much that they let in almost every single team in the conference. Nevada on the other side of this matchup is 4-4 four four versus teams currently in the NCAA tournament with a 1-2 record against San Diego State, which obviously affects their record. You take that out, and they're 3-2 three and, three and two overall. So, you know, you just look at what this team has done up to this point. Nevada has something to prove against a team that somehow not only made it into the tournament, but did it outside of a play-in game despite having a 19-14 and 14 record. I like Shaka Smart. I like what he did with VCU. But I still, I just don't think Texas should have been in. I think they should have been maybe a number one seed in the NIT. I'm picking Nevada because they still have something to prove in this season. Cincinnati, number two against number 15, Georgia State. Cincinnati did what they needed to do in the closing moments to take care of the American Athletic Conference Tournament title match, and they should take care of this matchup. My pick is Cincinnati. So through this most of the picks Ross and I have had the same up to this point. I want to go into our West bracket in the West region and what you have for the round of 64, Ross. Yeah, the West, I'm definitely going with top seed Xavier. I just really like them throughout the year. They've been a solid team, uh, did a great job in the Big East tournament and uh, and throughout. I just uh, think Xavier is just a red-hot team doing a great job. And a very physical, very fundamentally sound team. They're going to run through their. They're going to run through their bracket uh, in the first round very easily with the one versus sixteen matchup. I'm going to go with Florida State, an ACC school, to pick a, pull off a nice win in the eight nine matchup. I, like I said, we've said throughout the show 
Uh, they'll be playing Missouri. I think ACC is the toughest conference in basketball. If you get through it, I know a lot of teams are like, oh, they take too many ACC teams. They used to say that about the Big East. But it's the toughest conference. you got to give uh, any respect to any team that can survive that gauntlet of games. I think they're going to win their first-round matchup pretty handily. I'm going to go with Ohio State to win their 5-12 matchup. Ohio State coming out of the Big Ten, a physical ball club. I know Penn State locally, living in Pennsylvania, they gave Ohio State trouble throughout the year. They beat them two or three times. But I think Ohio State is going to definitely win their matchup. Uh, Gonzaga, who was always the Cinderella team that could, Finally got to a championship game a year ago. Uh, but Gonzaga, I think, is going to make a nice run again. So I'm glad they finally got off that Elite Eight uh, hump and they finally were able to get to the Final Four in a championship game. Came close to beating North Carolina last year for the title. And now they're no longer quite the Cinderella team. Mark Few has had Gonzaga in the tournament for 20 years in a row. Gonzaga has now become an established team from a weak conference in St. Mary's, who was second in that conference, ended up not getting in the tournament, which I know a lot of fans are disappointed with. But they don't play a lot of big-time teams. But Gonzaga is tournament-tested. They will easily win their matchup in the first 13 matchup. And then I'm going to have San Diego State win their matchup. They've had success throughout the tournament, and I, even though they're a bottom seed here, I think that San Diego State, you got to pick some upsets in the first round. I think they are uh, definitely a team that could uh, pull off a big upset here. Michigan won their back-to-back uh, Big Ten titles. They, for some reason, they had it at Madison Square Garden. Their excuse was Rutgers, who stinks at uh, basketball and all sports. They play in New Jersey in the New York uh, tri-state area, so that's why they had it in New York City, though you'd think you'd have it more in the Midwest, where most of the Big Ten, team is, uh, ten, t- Big Ten teams are. But Michigan won again, back-to-back years, the Big Ten title. They, uh, they, they're a team that I'm going to predict to go really deep in this tournament. I mean, to the, to, to almost the very end here. And I think Michigan Wolverines in basketball, they're getting it done. They're going to win their first round matchup pretty handily. I just like the team. They're on fire. As you said, you got to give a lot of credit to a team coming in red hot. They're definitely not limping into this. I like teams that won their conference championships and playing well throughout the year, both regular season and tournament, not just getting hot during the tournament, uh, during their conference tournament. And then Providence, who almost was able to pull off the upset beating Villanova, almost beating Villanova for the Big Ten title, a big Big East title, got it to overtime, lost by ten points. But Providence plays tough defense, rebounds well. Providence, I think, is going to be a tough out in this tournament. They're going to d- definitely win their game against Texas and A and M. And then we're going to have for the, la- the last one, have North Carolina easily winning their matchup, defend the national champions. They made it the national title two years in a row, lost to Villanova two years ago, and then redeemed themselves last year win the title. Roy Williams in North Carolina, uh, they're not the perfect team. They, they had time struggle. They uh, they lost to Virginia for the ACC title, as you covered. But North Carolina has so much firepower. I think they're going to make a nice run in this tournament, so look out for them. And in the end, a lot of times, you got to enjoy the first uh, couple of days in this tournament because yeah, in the end, you're going to probably see the Dukes and North Carolina's little world probably make it deep again. And you're like, you know, what's new? But that's why these uh, first few days, I'm looking for upsets. I, I haven't been able to find many. In, the first, in that uh, south bracket, I found... Uh, Loyola, Chicago, Loyola, and I'm going to go with San Diego State to pull off an upset in this bracket, but I'm looking for those upsets. I'm trying to go out on a limb and uh, win my bracket, but we'll see what happens. But in the end, though, uh, a lot of the top two teams, I think, are going to, the cream will rise to the top, but that's why uh, we're looking, uh, hopefully, for excited uh, upsets. And as much as I hope I get my bracket right, I kind of will get thrilled if I actually get some of these wrong, because I'm I'm hoping that we're going to have some, uh, some buzzer beaters uh, that will shock and probably tear up everyone's bracket by before by the end of Friday afternoon, Friday night. 
Yeah, you know, speaking here with Ross Turetsky, a great friend of mine and a sports writer out of Pennsylvania, you're listening to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora live on location in Dayton, Ohio. We are covering the first four. We covered St. Bonaventure's win over UCLA and Radford's win over LIU Brooklyn. We have Arizona State and Syracuse, 11 seeds coming up for the right to play six-seeded TCU, as well as 16 seeds NC Central and Texas Southern with the right to play number one Xavier in the West region, all coming up here from Dayton, Ohio. And I'm going to start there with my picks in the round of 64 in the West region. Number one Xavier, whoever wins this game for NC Central and Texas Southern, I know that Xavier may not be the strongest one seed in this year's tournament, but they should have no trouble getting past this game. And so I am going with NC State to move, or pardon me, I'm going with uh, Xavier to move on in this number one matchup against their 16 seed. Number eight, Missouri against number nine, Florida State. Florida State struggled in their first game of the ACC tournament versus Louisville, who didn't make the NCAA tournament. Both teams had an up and down season, and the roller coaster that is Florida State is about to bump into Missouri and Michael Porter Jr. I do believe that Missouri is going to get at least one win, and it's going to be this one. Ohio State, number five seed going up against number 12, South Dakota State. That's right, folks. I own a South Dakota State Jackrabbit shirt, and I will be wearing this shirt proudly. They score about 85 points per game and allow approximately 10 points less per game to their opponents, who head into the NCAA tournament on an 11-game winning streak. Ohio State split with Michigan and has big wins over Michigan State and Purdue, but went 0-3 against a Penn State team that did not make this year's NCAA tournament. My upset, 12-seeded, South Dakota State. Number four seeded Gonzaga going up against 13 seeded UNC Greensboro. Gonzaga is coming off of attaining a spot in the NCAA tournament championship game. They return Jeremy Jones, Silas Melson, as well as Jonathan Williams, Josh Perkins, and Killian Tilly from that title matchup and are primed to move on. Despite being in the middle of the bracket as a four seed, Gonzaga, I think, still has the opportunity to go far in this thing. Number six, Houston up against number 11, San Diego State. I wanted to pick Houston in this game because they pushed Cincinnati to the brink in the American Athletic Conference Tournament Championship game, losing by a point 56 to 53, and they're 55, and they've won 10 of their last 12 games. But San Diego State is doing well down the stretch as well. On a 9-0 run, this matchup could go either way, but one side has to get the vote, and San Diego State's offense gets the slight edge from me as an 11 seed beating a 6 seed at Houston, which could be the new 5 versus 12, where you don't want to be the higher seed. Michigan, Michigan uh, number 3 seed up against number 14, Montana. Michigan could have arguably had a 2 seed, but it was saved for the reputation of Duke, in my opinion. Michigan, coming off of a Big Ten Conference Tournament Championship, should move forward in that game. Number 7, Texas A&M, and number 10, Providence. This one is really, really difficult for me. Uh, Texas A&M faced an Alabama team that was pesky as the season went on, losing to them two out of three times. Providence was one of those pesky teams who happened to advance to the Big East tournament, title game versus Villanova, forcing eventual one seed at Villanova to have to defeat them in overtime. So Texas A&M's proven that when they go up against a pesky team that's doing well late in the season, they're not winning. And that was against Alabama, and now they got Providence. Well, <laughs> doesn't look any better for Texas A&M. I look for Providence to win this one. And North Carolina up against Lipscomb, the 2 versus the 15. North Carolina is a team that surges at this time of the year, and they may very well find their way to the end roads of this region. My pick is North Carolina in this bracket. So for the left side of the bracket as it stands right now, Ross and I have only – had four picks that have been different. Now, we don't see each other's bracket going into the drive, which 
Ross and I utilize as our special segment on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora to unveil our bracket, The Drive, with DR, Dan, and Ross. We do this every year. We never see each other's bracket until we announce it live on the show. So as of right now, as it stands, Ross, you and I on the left side of the bracket in the south and in the west have only disagreed four times, and it's been twice in the south and twice in the west. So, you know, doing these brackets separately, we are kind of on the same terms at this point. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Like I, I some of the ones even that you went that we uh, I, I would like to say great minds think alike. I, you know, as uh, close friends. But one of those things that I could have went either way on some of those picks. Some of the ones I will even admit, some of them I'm very confident about with my picks. Others I'm kind of grasping at straws because I know that there'll be upsets. So I'm just trying to be able to guess the right upset because sometimes it could be a tipped in ball, it could be a, a shot at the end of the game, a buzzer beater, and you have no idea. So that's why I'm just kind of looking for buzzer beaters. Uh, and for upsets, I almost went with the Ohio State upset like you did. Uh, I almost wanted to go with Davidson to beat Kentucky, but then I'm like, Kentucky is too much talent. Uh, there was a few there. And like I said, uh, you know, a lot of people go nuts for Penn State here, mainly for football uh, in Pennsylvania. But basketball, beating Ohio State three times, that gave me a lot of cause for the pause uh, to worry about Ohio State, what they could do here. But in the end, I picked them anyway. And by the way, a lot of people here locally are pumped because it's NIT basketball tonight because they're going to host. Temple Owls tonight. Temple versus Penn State NIT basketball tonight. Uh, so if you don't want to watch all NCAA touring games, you can check out an all Pennsylvania bragging rights matchup tonight on ESPN. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as we head to the other side of the bracket from the south and the west, which we've done, now we head to the right side of your bracket, and that is the east side that we're going to start with here, the upper right part. If you have not joined the Wake Up Call Bracket Challenge, you can go to the Yahoo Tourney Pick'em, and you can click on Find a Group, and Wake Up Call is in the top 50. You can click on us there. You'll see the Syracuse logo. You can also search Wake Up Call, three separate words, or you can go on facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt and look for the link there, as well as on Twitter at calldt and follow the link. We are group 9345. 9345. So make sure you sign up. Almost 230 people have signed up at this point this morning, and you have until noon to sign up and have your bracket set and ready to go. Noon on Thursday, March 15th. So make sure you do it now, and that is noon Eastern time. The East bracket, Ross, we'll start with Villanova, and now we know Radford's going to be facing them. What do you have there? I'm definitely going with Villanova. One seed. Uh, a lot of people think this might be the most experienced. The toughest out for any of the teams is to knock out Villanova. Uh, as much as I'm kind of a little jaded on Villanova because I'm so high on them last year, they won the national title in 2016 after 31 year droughts after not winning since '85. I was so pumped. I think Jay Wright and a lot of the returning starters were going to come back and win it back to back titles, which is very rare. Nowadays, you don't see much of that. And then Villanova kind of uh, got knocked out fairly early in the tournament last year. So that, it blew up my bracket, and it kind of made me a little cautious and uh, you know a little bit worried to pick the team. But, hey, it's just like a lot of people uh, looking for love. I'm going right back in. I'm putting all my cards on the table, and I'm going to go pick Villanova to go deep in this tournament. As much as my mind is telling me, oh, maybe you should maybe think about uh, think that over twice. But Villanova, so much talent. 
won the Big East Championship once again. Uh, Jay Wright has a whole bunch of guys returning from his squad from a year ago. And from two years ago, they even have some guys from that championship team. And I think just Villanova and that wave of the city, Philadelphia, is so pumped and championship crazed now that the Eagles finally have won a Super Bowl. And the, the Flyers in hockey and the six, Philadelphia 76 in basketball trying to recruit LeBron James with billboards and everything. Uh, you know, Philly just seems to be in a wave of winning. And I think Villanova is going to definitely be ready to go to go deep into this tournament. I'm going to go with Villanova easily, of course, winning their first uh, first round game against Bradford. But at least I'd like to give Bradford credit. They won a game over LIU, counts as a tournament win, and now they get, you know, see if anyone in the, in the longer shock throw. I don't know about you, buddy, but do you ever see a time when a 16 seed is going to knock off a one seed? I don't see it happening here, but if it ever happens, it'd be one of the biggest stories ever in this tournament's history. Yeah, you know, I, the the... I, I say I always said this. I was like, if you want to see a 16 take down a one, make Michigan State make Michigan State a 16 seed with Tom Izzo and let him go after it because it doesn't matter where you seed Michigan State, they always seem to find a way most of the time to move themselves forward. They have their times here, there, and everywhere, but typically they find a way. Number one seeds are 132 wins and zero losses against 16 seeds, but teams like. Bradley and Albany and whatnot, they made things very interesting. And we know that 15 seeds can knock off twos, and Syracuse fans know that it can happen with the Richmond Spiders. So, And Michigan State knows that just a couple years ago it happened with Middle Tennessee. So, you know, for me, you know, eventually a 16 seed will do it, but it's when they dedicate that 16 seed to what I think should be potentially an at-large team, make them have to play in that situation. I love the 8-9 matchups because by – just sheer numbers they're supposed to be the closest ones and these are the ones that literally are like 73 71 85 82 86 84 i mean these are the games that literally are extremely tight so i want to go to virginia tech and alabama in the east bracket and then ross go all the way down to purdue playing csu fullerton and what you have in the east yeah this was a tough match of virginia tech acc team battle tested a solid team I, uh, I, you know, I, I would love to see them go deep in this tournament just because I think that they have the ability, if they can get past this game, to maybe make a run. They seem to be uh, to ready to go for the, for a job to do that. But I'm going to actually go with a slight upset. I'm going to go to Alabama, the ninth seed, which some t- people didn't think deserved to even get in the tournament. They have what they everyone thinks is going to be a future lottery NBA draft pick come uh, this June. They have a star player on their team who could put up some big points. I just think Alabama, coming out of the ACC, uh, not the ACC, the SEC, I think Alabama, I know they're known for football, Nick Saban, and this isn't football, this is basketball, but I think Alabama has enough firepower, they're going to keep the game close. As long as they keep it close here, I think with the top player and one of the best players in college basketball, just like Trey Young, as much as people didn't want Oklahoma to get in, you want to put butts in the seats. You put some of the star players in. You sell merchandise as much as college basketball doesn't want to admit that. You're going to you get to sell a lot of merchandise make a lot of money off these guys. And uh, these star players, let's see if they can come to uh, rise to the top at the end of these games. I think if they keep it close, I think Alabama is going to knock on Virginia Tech. And uh, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, their, their nice season will come to an end. Uh, then we're going to go with Murray State. I'm going to go with my first 12 seed and knock them for five. Murray State's had some success in this tournament in the past. I know it's uh, it's you know definitely I'm, I'm kind of gambling here, but I'm going to say they're going to knock off West Virginia. They'll find a way to do it. West Virginia, a very talented team, definitely is more physical, better team probably overall. But this is not a like an NBA playoff best of seven series. One, this is one and done. I'm going to go with Murray State, 12 seed to knock off a five. Uh, then I'm going to go with Wichita State. 
they are going to go with them to knock off Marshall. Marshall's been more known for football, and they have a really good movie. We are Marshall with uh, about the plane crash, and they had to replace basically the whole team after a lot of fatalities in that plane crash back in the 70s, and Matthew McConaughey's in it, Matthew Fox, all that. Marshall's mostly known for football. They had Chad Pennington, Randy Moss, was one double A, now they're one A. They finally made it to the tournament, first time in a long time. Uh, it's nice they got to the tournament, but I don't see them doing much in this. Wichita State has the tournament pedigree. They've won a lot of games in this tournament. They've gone deep in this tournament. I'm going to go with Wichita State to win big over Marshall. Uh, then Florida, they're a Florida team, but I think uh, yeah, as flawed as they are, I think Florida's going to win their game over St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure's had a nice run. I like that they uh, that solid cohesive team that could pull off another upset. They knocked off UCLA last night, so anything is possible. But I think the Florida Gators would be a big letdown if they got knocked out by St. Bonaventure. I think St. Bonaventure's going to give them a run for their money. I think it will be close, but I think they would by about five. I think only the Florida Gators to win that game. Uh, then we're going to go with Texas Tech. I think they're going to beat Stephen F. Austin. Uh, Texas Tech, I think they're, they're a solid team. They're going to have some scoring firepower. And I think Texas Tech is uh, will win that game pretty well. Uh, then we're going to have a, a pretty cool matchup right here. Uh, we're going to have Butler versus Arkansas. Uh, it's an interesting one. I know it's a 7-10 match. Arkansas is actually the team with the better seed. And, but Butler, I know Brad Stevens is out the, uh, out the building. He's no longer the Butler Bulldogs coach. He coaches with the Boston Celtics and Gordon Haywood. If he ever, when he ever gets back from his injury from opening night, I'm sure they'll, they'll be pretty good with Kyrie Arvin and company. But Butler has the, the experience. They pulled off the upsets before. They've gone to national championship games. Final Fours. I know it's not the same thing every year, but Butler's confident. They know how to win in this tournament, and I think Butler's going to knock off Arkansas from the SEC uh, from the bigger conference. I'm going with Butler to not, uh, to win and pull off a nice upset over there. Then the last matchup I'm going to go with Purdue. Purdue almost won the Big Ten title. Very physical squad, and I just think Purdue is going to be able to have their way with the uh, with Cal State Fullerton, and I'm going to go with Purdue to uh, pull off a nice win there. And uh, definitely, uh, in, my, in my mind, that will be a, more of a blowout. But I'm, I'm going with Butler to win a close game and Wichita State to win big. But Murray State, in, that, in my bracket, the, the biggest upset will definitely be Murray State to knock off West Virginia. So I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, and I finally picked my first 12 seed over a five. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and for my side of the East region, with a little bit under a half an hour to go as Ross and I are unveiling our entire brackets. I'll make this one quick. In the East region, uh, Radford, it was fun to see them, fun to interview them. And I, I just I, I feel like, you know, they're going up against Villanova. They're going to be in Pittsburgh. I got Villanova winning this one. Number eight, Virginia Tech. Number nine, Alabama. It's hard to go against Alabama right now, so I'm not going to do that. Alabama moves on. West Virginia and Murray State, the five versus the 12, has come to be known as dangerous territory. Murray State does not have a single win against the team in the current NCAA tournament. And the notion that they will get one in this game is unlikely. I'm going with West Virginia. Wichita State and Marshall, number four-seeded Wichita State, 13th-seeded Marshall. Wichita State did not advance to the American Athletic Conference Tournament Championship in their first season in the conference, but they did go 14-4, and joining the AAC, showing that they could be relevant the first year that they jumped to higher of a conference, you know, when you look at power six, so to speak, with no disrespect to where they were in the Missouri Valley. 25-7 and seven overall, I have Wichita State in this game. Number six, Florida State. Number 11, St. Bonaventure. I'm going with the Bonnies. I think that, or not Florida State, number six, Florida against number 11, St. Bonaventure. I got the Bonnies. They had a strong and respectable season already before coming into the first four. Their playing game over UCLA showed that they can make it happen. And UCLA, not too long ago, played Florida in the national championship. I think Bonnies is going to beat two of the teams 
Both of the teams that were in that national championship back-to-back, and I got St. Bonnie's in this one. Number three, Texas Tech, and number 14, Stephen F. Austin. Texas Tech in this one. Stephen F. Austin, I know that they've done some things in recent years, like a couple years ago, but I have Texas Tech moving on. Arkansas and Butler, the SEC, you know, the committee really liked them, but Butler is never the team you want to bet against, and they're usually good for at least one win. I have Butler. And Purdue against Cal State Fullerton. I've been a fan of Purdue. They've been coming up this season. I'm going with Purdue. Midwest region, Ross. Let's go through it quick. What do you got? Midwest region, going to go with Kansas, number one seed over Penn. Everyone here is excited that uh, the Ivy League school, Penn, has won their, uh, won their Ivy League uh, conference this year. But Kansas Jayhawks, you're not going to take Bill Self and Kansas down. Kansas wins that easily. Uh, then we're going to go with NC State, knocking off Seton Hall, ACC team. I think they're just the more talented, better equipped team to go uh, make a little run in this tournament. We're going to go with Clemson, a big-time ACC school, the toughest conference in, the, in all of college basketball. They're going to knock off New Mexico State. Uh, we're going to have Auburn winning their game against Charleston in a 4 versus 13 matchup. Auburn, I think, is just a much better team, and I think they will blow them out. Then I'm going to have it's the 6 uh, versus 11 matchup. TCU versus, uh, I'm going to go with Syracuse to win tonight versus Arizona State. I'm going to go with Syracuse to knock off TCU and get to that second round game against Michigan State. Because Michigan State, as much as people locally uh, in Lewisburg, Bucknell University, people are locally rooting for Bucknell. They won their conference. They're usually a tough out. They've knocked off Kansas and other teams before in this uh, tournament. They can pull off an upset, but I don't see uh, uh, Tom Izzo and Michigan State, who seem to every year be contending for the uh, the Final Four, whether they had a good year or not in the regular season, they know how to win in this tournament. Michigan State is not going to fall down to, uh, to Bucknell. Michigan State wins big over Bucknell. Uh, we're going to go with Oklahoma to actually win a game in this tournament. A lot of people don't think they belong in this tournament. Trey Young, the superstar who might be one of the top picks in the NBA draft come June, they got in. They're going to sell some uh, tickets and merchandise. They're going to win big over Rhode Island, or bigly, as President Trump would say. <laughs> and then the last one, we're going to go with Duke. Mike Krzyzewski, uh Grayson Allen, the senior, who seems like he's been there for 20 years, doesn't want to graduate. I think finally he has to leave at the end of this year. I think that's part of the rules. Uh, with eligibility for four years, Duke is going to crush Iona, uh, a local team from the uh, New York City area. Duke will win easily in that game. And uh, going back to the East Bracket for a second, did you have what, Virginia Tech or Alabama? I actually have Alabama to win. Okay. Like, yeah. All right, so you and I, yeah, I wanted to double-check on that one. So we have only disagreed – uh, six times in the round of 64 to get to the round of 32. And well, as you said, we have not looked at each other. We barely, we briefly mentioned the bracket the, uh, yesterday when we talked on the phone while you were traveling and everything to get to Dayton, Ohio. We have not looked at each other's brackets before the show live, so it's just kind of interesting how we're picking and how some of them are pretty similar with some of our picks. Absolutely, and I'm going to go down the line in my Midwest quick. I have Kansas winning over Penn. I know some people are saying, oh, my God, so, you know, the 16-seeded Penn could be the team to do it. I don't think that that's going to be the case. You know, Kansas, I didn't want to give them a one seed with seven losses, but they won the Big 12 tournament, and that's what did it for them. Seton Hall and NC State, we got two teams playing closely. Seton Hall, middle of the road type of team. NC State, middle of the road. But NC State with Kevin Keats in his first season has boosted this program. They got something to prove. They're going to win this game to face Kansas. Clemson over New Mexico State. I went back and forth with this one, but ultimately Clemson has something else to prove. I find it very interesting that NC State and Clemson put in the same bracket with Kevin Keats and Brad Brownell, both being two big-time coaches that are doing some great things this year inside of the ACC that weren't expected to. Auburn over Charleston. I got Auburn in this game. They're a dangerous team out of the SEC. Might be one of the most dangerous teams in this tournament. I have Syracuse taking down Arizona State and then 
facing Jamie Dixon in a mass. I didn't know if they'd ever play Jamie Dixon again, but I felt like they would because, you know, that's how the world works and that's how sports works especially. So TCU and Jamie Dixon will face off against Syracuse and Jim Beheim. Syracuse will move on in this one and make things interesting. They'll face Michigan State after their win over Bucknell. Rhode Island will take out Oklahoma because Oklahoma shouldn't even be in and Rhode Island needs to get some more respect and if they haven't gotten your respect yet, you haven't been paying attention. Duke over Iona in this one. So through the round of 64 into the round of 32, Ross and I have only disagreed with each other seven times in 32 games. And that was twice in the South, twice in the West, twice in the East, and once in the Midwest. Ross, who makes it to your Sweet 16? Uh, well, Sweet 16, we're going to have uh, Virginia over Kansas State in the uh, in the South bracket. So Virginia will go to the Sweet 16. We'll have Kentucky over Arizona. So Kentucky gets to the Sweet 16. We're going to have Loyola, Chicago, to continue their miracle Cinderella run. They're going to knock off the Tennessee Volunteers and get to the Sweet 16. I uh, believe in that hot streak. Uh, Cincinnati's going to knock off Texas, who maybe shouldn't even be in this tournament. Cincinnati will get to the Sweet 16 out of the South bracket. Uh, do you want me to go through? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go, go yeah, through we'll the whole that. thing. Yep. All right. So then the West, we're going to go with Xavier to knock off Florida State to get the Sweet 16. We're going to go with Gonzaga to knock off the Big Ten uh, powerhouse, Ohio State. Gonzaga will get the Sweet 16. Uh, Michigan will crush San Diego State and get to the, the final 16. Uh, we're going to go with North Carolina in a tough matchup, a defensive struggle. I think North Carolina will beat Providence to get to the Sweet 16. Then in the East, we're going to go with Villanova to knock off Alabama. They will get to the, the final uh, 16 teams. We're going to go with Wichita State to knock off Murray State and their, and their Cinderella story, and they will go uh, to the final 16 as well. We're going to go with Florida to knock off Texas Tech. They get to the Sweet 16. Butler pulls off another big upset. I just believe in Butler in the storm pulling off upsets. They will beat Purdue, the Big Ten powerhouse. Butler gets to the Sweet 16 as well out of the East. In the Midwest, we're going to go with Kansas to knock off NC State. They will get to the Sweet 16. Uh, Clemson knocks off Auburn. Even though Auburn's dangerous, Clemson will get to Sweet 16 as well. Uh, as much as I'd love, I'm going to be rooting for Syracuse. I hope this pick's wrong. I'm going to go with Michigan State. They're uh, the physical play powerhouse team. Tom Izzo's Michigan State Spartans. They will knock off Syracuse Orange to get to the Sweet 16. And then finally, Duke Blue Devils. Mike Krzyzewski shuts down Trey Young and Oklahoma, who probably shouldn't even be in this tournament. Duke knocks off Oklahoma to get to the Sweet 16. So that is Ross's side of the bracket in the drive, which is our drive through the NCAA tournament March Madness. D for Dan, R for Ross inside of the drive as we give you our entire bracket release. You're the first people to hear our bracket release. And as soon as this show is done live, Ross and I will put our brackets online and let you look at them because we are men of our word. So what we say, that word is bond. Ross's Sweet 16 going up against my Sweet 16. Let's see what we got here, and let's see if we have some similarities. I'm going with Virginia to knock off Creighton to move on to their Sweet 16. I'm looking at Kentucky to knock off Buffalo to get there, Tennessee to knock off Loyola of Chicago, and Cincinnati to move forward as well in the South to make it to the Sweet 16. In the West, I'm going to have Xavier moving on as well as Gonzaga, Michigan, and North Carolina will move on in the Sweet 16. In the East, I'm going to go with this is a this is a toss up back and forth. But in the East and where they have to play and kind of their road to get there, I'm going to go with Villanova to get past Alabama. I'm going to go with Wichita State to move forward. 
I'm believing in the Bonnies. I'm going with St. Bonaventure to make it to the Sweet 16. I'm also going to have Purdue moving forward. Now, Purdue's usually that team that it seems like when they get put in that second seed type of situation and I want to pick them and it would smart it, it makes sense to pick them they end up losing but let's say that this year is the year to take off the years growing up where Purdue let me down we'll see if it happens or not i'm going with Kansas to take care of NC State i'm looking at mm, this one's a tough one for me Clemson and Auburn Brad Brownell, man. This is this this is the one that I, I sit and I look at, and even as we're unveiling our brackets, I go back and forth. But I'm going to go with Auburn in this one to pull off that opportunity. And then Syracuse going up against Michigan State. I got to give the nod to Tom Izzo. I know I got a lot of Syracuse fans that listen daily to the show, but you know that I'm an impartial broadcaster, and I got to tell you the truth. And I'm going to go with Duke over Rhode Island, even though I think Rhode Island might make that somewhat of a game, at least for part of of the game. So let's take a look at. And by the way, Dad, I'm going to give you a lot of credit because there's going to be a lot of Syracuse local people who will just be homers and, and uh, cheer them on. I know you'll be rooting for them, so will I. They would pick them no matter what. You might get some hate mail, but I got to give you credit. You showed a lot of impartiality there and you picked Michigan State. So it would be great to see Syracuse win. That's like I said, one of those picks. I hope I'm wrong because I'd love to see Syracuse make a deep run. And when they were last in this tournament a couple of years ago, they made it all the way to the Final Four, and you were there covering it. So, uh, But i got to give a lot of credit that you, uh, you're sticking to your guns no matter what people will say locally in the Syracuse area. Well, you know, that's the thing is you got to tell the truth. And, you know, I always find positives with this team, but it's funny. The year that I chose the team to go far in 2016, everybody thought I was insane, and then they went far. So, you know, I tell the truth. I do my research, and I believe this team is good to win a couple. But outside of that – you know, I, I think that Syracuse will will bow out of the tournament to Tom Izzo, and that's just how I see it happening this year. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm going to cover it either way, but I got to tell you the truth, and I got to tell you where I believe it is, and, and that is my job as a broadcaster of 15 years and counting. So Ross and I, out of our Sweet 16, only disagreed four times. So a quarter of our Sweet 16, so we are still, even though, like Ross and I have said, we haven't seen each other's bracket, we're still on pace to have potentially the same Final Four. So I'm interested to know, Ross, who you have in the Elite Eights to see if we are going to be even closer to having our brackets that were a little bit different be the same at the end of it all. Okay, Elite Eight in the South. We're going to go with uh, Kentucky with all that talent. Uh, John Calipari, one and done, guys. They're going to knock off Virginia. The first number one seed to get knocked out, they will knock off Virginia so Kentucky gets to the Elite Eight. Uh, Loyola Chicago, they've been doing a great job throughout. I think their Cinderella story, though, is going to come to an end. I think Cincinnati knocks them off. Uh, then in the West, I'm going to go with Gonzaga to knock off another number one seed. They're going to knock off Xavier. Uh, Gonzaga just plays great in this tournament. They're going to make a deep run once again. Uh, then I'm going to go with Michigan. Uh, they're going to win there. They're going to get to the. Uh, they're going to knock off North Carolina. Michigan gets to the Elite Eight and knocks off the defending champions uh, of Roy Williams North Carolina squad. Then in the East, we're going to go with Villanova. They're going to they're going to win their thing. They're going to they're gonna, let's see which one they're going to go with here. Play Florida, Florida. Okay, so we got Florida Butler. Okay, so Florida knocks off Butler. So Florida gets the Elite Eight. Villanova knocks off which state they get to the Elite Eight. Then in the Midwest, we're going to go with Kansas. They'll knock off Clemson. They get to the Elite Eight. And then in a big-time showdown, I could go either way. you got Krzyzewski, Tom Izzo, two Hall of Fame coaches. I'm going to go with the Duke Blue Devils. And Grayson Allen is finally here to knock off the Michigan State Spartans and get to the Elite Eight. So I got Duke, Kansas. I got Villanova, Florida, 
and then I have Kentucky, Cincinnati, Michigan, and Gonzaga in my Elite Eight. Yeah, for my Elite Eight, you know, when you go up to the South Bracket, first and foremost, I'm taking number one and number two, Virginia and Cincinnati. Virginia, I said it, you know, well before I said it going into this and all that. I said, listen, Virginia is a team that is poised to win a national championship. I had a conversation with Devin Hall about it after they won the ACC tournament title when I was covering and interviewing him in the locker room in Brooklyn after they hoisted the trophy. Cincinnati, underrated, underappreciated, and guess what? They're going to be respected. American Athletic Conference continues to push the term of the Power Six with an advancement to the Elite Eight. And then in the West bracket, I'm going to go with Gonzaga to knock off Xavier as well. It's funny how both of these teams were teams that didn't get a lot of respect in the past. Is Xavier a little bit more before Gonzaga started to get it? And it's funny how they're going to face off against each other in a 1-4 matchup. And I got Gonzaga moving forward. And Gonzaga, you're going to want them to have a rematch with North Carolina. You're going to hope that they have a rematch with North Carolina. You're going to plead that they have a rematch with North Carolina. You're going to ask the basketball ball whatevers that they're gonna I won't call them basketball gods because I only believe in one God but you're gonna hope and you're gonna hope and you're gonna hope and you're gonna pray and you're gonna say God please please give me Gonzaga North Carolina and God's gonna say some you know they said God has three answers to your to to your prayers yes yes um, wait a little while and I have something better planned and what God has planned for this one is Gonzaga and Michigan facing off in the elite eight then in the east bracket this is probably the toughest one for me to call uh, I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm gonna go with Villanova in this one this is very tough because Wichita State is a dangerous team I'm gonna go with Villanova and I'm gonna ride the high of this one and I'm gonna say that eventually Purdue is gonna piss me off and I think it's gonna happen <laughs> before they get to the elite eight so I'm gonna go with St Bonaventure to advance, wow. and then That's Kansas, and then Kansas against Duke. So Ross, once again, you have for your elite eight. You know, going down the line, give me your elite eight one more time. Give everybody listening in your elite eight because we're very different on this one. Yeah, I got Kentucky, Cincinnati. I got Gonzaga, Michigan, like you. I got Villanova and Florida, and then I have Kansas and Duke. So we look at this and and where we're where we're lined up right now. And Ross and I have well, no, most of them are the same right here. So we have all but two the same. He has Ver, he has Kentucky. I have Virginia. We both have Cincy. Both have Gonzaga and Michigan coming out of the West bracket. We both have Nova. I have St. Bonnie's. He has Florida, which is hilarious because we both chose the team in the matchup of the round of 64 to come out of the bottom of the bracket in the East. So either one of us is going to be right if it comes out of that game. And then Kansas and Duke, we have exactly the same. Who's the final four? Final four, I'm going to have, uh, let's, let's go to the top of the bracket here. Uh, final four, we're going to have Kentucky knocking off Cincinnati. We're going to have Michigan knocking off Gonzaga. Then in the east, we're going to have Villanova knocking off Florida. And then it's a tough one, but I'm going to go with Duke to knock off number one, Kansas. So my final four is Kentucky, uh, Kentucky and Michigan and Villanova and Duke. All right. Well, I said very early on in the season that the two teams that are most poised to make it to the championship game, potentially win a championship, are Virginia and Villanova. Let's see if I picked them. In the south bracket, in the Elite Eight, I have Virginia advancing over Cincinnati to make it to the Final Four. Gonzaga facing off against Michigan. I'm going with Gonzaga to make it back to the Final Four as a four seed. They're going to pull a little Syracuse thing and say, throw us in the middle of the bracket, and we'll still find our path two prominence and then Villanova will make it out of the east bracket to head back to the final four and then we will have in the midwest Kansas versus Duke and Duke will eventually show Kansas why Kansas is not as 
prominent a team this year as they have been in past years, in my opinion. My final four is Virginia, Gonzaga, Villanova, and Duke. Who's going to the championship game, Ross, for your final four? So with the final four, we all, we got half of them together. We have Villanova and Duke going. Mine, Kentucky and Michigan differ from your uh, Virginia and Gonzaga. So we still got half the teams right with that, where we uh, where we pick the same and then other two not, not the same. Uh, okay, so the championship game. I'm going to go with Michigan. Big Ten team won the championship. They're red hot. They continue that. Michigan's going to knock off Cal Perry's talented uh, Kentucky Wildcats squad. Michigan goes to the title game. And then it's a tough one. Duke versus Villanova. I part of me wants to root for Villanova with the Philly-Pennsylvania uh, backgrounds that I've been living for quite a while. But I'm going to say Shostevsky, Grayson Allen, and Duke. Too much talent. They're going to knock off Jay Wright's Villanova squad. Too much firepower. Duke is going to get to the title game, so it's going to be Duke versus Michigan for all the marbles on April 2nd, the day after Easter. How funny is this here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and our special, The Drive, DR, Dan and Ross. Ross Turetsky joining me live from Dayton, Ohio. We are here with the first four and, of course, myself, Dan Tortora, unveiling our brackets for the first time ever. We have not seen each other's bracket. And when we go back and we look at what went on in you know the round of 64 advancing to the round of 32, Ross and I disagreed twice in the South, twice in the West, twice in the East, once in the Midwest, and our Sweet 16 was all the same except for four. Our Elite Eight was all the same except for two, but then in our Final Four and what we had, we had half of them the same, half of them different, so this is how crazy it is. We've been similar, similar, a little bit less similar, a little bit less similar, and in our championship game, after having half of the final four correct, I have Virginia Villanova and Ross has Michigan Duke. So all the way through this bracket, we've been similar to one another. And in the championship game, we literally pick the opposite opportunities here. I have Virginia because and, and opposite opportunities in the sense of I have the South bracket winner defeating the West bracket. Ross has the West over the South to get into the Final Four, and I have the East over the Midwest. He has the Midwest over the East. So whoever we would have picked, I picked the South bracket and the East bracket. He picked the West and the Midwest. Ross has Michigan and Duke. I have Virginia and Villanova. The two teams that I said during the season have the best chance to rise to number one overall. And buddy, they, you're sticking with your you're sticking with all number one seeds. I'm going with a two and. Uh, two versus three seed so there's still high seeds but that'll be interesting well in my bracket all the number one seeds get wiped out it's like a game of thrones or walking dead episode everyone gets taken out of the number one seeds all four you're going with two number one seeds in your title game so that's another interesting aspect to see will will number one seeds be left standing when this tournament comes to an end you you say yes i say no we'll find out pretty soon and the funny thing about it is I typically don't buy into the whole one seed thing. I just look at the teams. And so not even looking at where they are with Villanova and Virginia being one seeds, I look at the fact that i got to put my money where my mouth is. And I said that if I had to pick any two teams to win the national championship at the beginning of the season through the midpoint of the season to this point in the season, I would still say Virginia and Villanova with a slight edge to Virginia. What do you think about the national championship? You have Michigan and Duke. I have Virginia and Villanova. Who is going to win yours? All right, this is a tough showdown here. I went back and forth because I really am high on Michigan this year. I think Michigan's a great team. They're red hot. I really think that with what they're doing, for coming out of the Big Ten, playing so well, winning the championship again in that conference, I really would love to go with Michigan. It'd be pretty cool to see. Michigan has gone deep before. Remember back in the Fab Five days with Chris Webber and Jawan Howard? and I think they were actually the team that lost to Louisville in 2013 
with that vacated national championship, which they're not going to give to Michigan because they were the runner-up, but Louisville had to get that title stripped away now from 2013. I think that was the last time Michigan made the title game. But in the end, I'm going to go with Mike Krzyzewski and the Duke Blue Devils. Let me say the New England Patriots winning the Super Bowl almost all the time, or at least get in there. I'm going to say Duke wins another national title, adds to Mike, uh, Mike Krzyzewski, Coach K's legacy. Who knows how much longer he'll coach, but he's basically breaking all the wins records, and I think he's going to keep winning those national titles. Grayson Allen's going to go out as a national champion for the Duke Blue Devils in his senior year, and I think year number 25 of his college career, and I think Duke <laughs> beats Michigan in a classic game. I'm going 68-64. It's going to go down to the final possessions right to the end of the game. I'm going to win a squeaker. Duke's going to knock off Michigan to win the 2018 national title. Looking forward to it. I hope that that, uh, that I'm correct, and we're, we're excited about it. And you get, like I said, a nice treat. April Fool's Day, April 1st is Easter Sunday. Very next day, you're going to get the national championship game, which I'm very pumped for. And it's not fake news, Mr. Trump or Mr. Dan. You're also going to get a home opener for New York Yankees baseball on Monday, April 2nd. So as a Yankee fan and college basketball fan, it's going to be a great day, April 2nd for me. It's not fake news. None of it's real. None of it ever happened. So with my national championship game, Virginia and Villanova, like I said, put your money where your mouth is. I said that these are the two teams that if I had to pick any teams out of the 351 NCAA Division I men's basketball schools at the beginning of the year to win a national championship, it would be Virginia and Villanova. The two Vs fight off with one another. I told Devin Hall when I left the locker room of the ACC tournament title, I shook his hand and I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, now go win a championship young man and he said yes I said go win a national championship and he said yes sir I believe Virginia is going to win a national championship Villanova the only reason why I say this is I feel like Villanova is is more of a a threat to lose in the sense of this bracket than Virginia is so I'm going to pick Virginia in this game to win this game and Virginia is going to have to score some points they're going to have to pour it on they're going to have to do some things I'm going to say that Virginia wins this game 69 to 65, 64, pardon me, 69 to 64 over Villanova. Virginia, national champions over Villanova, 69 to 64. You know, I know Grayson Allen had that booty bump in the ACC tournament because his jam came on, but he's going to have to be jamming out to Virginia one more time, hoisting a national title. And it, well, this time ho- hoisting a national title after an ACC regular season championship and an ACC tournament championship. Virginia will run the table, in my opinion. Virginia is going to be a three-time champion this year, ACC regular season, ACC tournament, and national champion. Virginia, Tony Bennett, big challenge, new challenge, a team that he didn't know where they were going to go with three guys transferring out, London Parentes finishing up, and having to have new faces come in. And then you look at a team with Isaiah Wilkins, Ty Jerome, you know Nigel Johnson, as well as Devin Hall and... I want it, Mamadi Diakite, everybody that's a part of this team that has been a part of this run, and Jack Salt, all the guys that have been on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora recently here, and you can go find them all on wakeupcalldt.com by clicking on the RSS feed, the Podbean app, as well as the iTunes store, and hear my one-on-one interviews with them. You can also go to the ACC basketball page on wakeupcalldt.com to hear all those interviews back. They don't have DeAndre Hunter. He played with two hurt wrists in the game that they won the ACC tournament finale. He will not be in this, so that is a slight hurt to this team. But Virginia's got everything that it takes to be frustrating and disciplined down the stretch, and they're going to frustrate one more team to win the national title. 
with Virginia and Villanova. They're going to make Villanova play outside of that 80-point type of game and win it up. Ross, we got a minute left on the clock. I want to thank you for being a part of the show. I want to thank my niece, my niche, Lorelai, for being amazing during this broadcast. And I want to thank you once again for joining me for the drive and giving your bracket that ironically was similar pretty much all the way through until we got to the nitty-gritty of the national championship. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Uh, yeah, my uh, baby Lulu, Princess Lorelai, she's eight months old. She's great. She was able to be a real trooper here because, and I don't know if at times you probably heard little murmurs and little screams. I was feeding her a bottle. I was finishing up with her her oatmeal at the uh, while we were talking for her early lunch. So I was trying to do that without me making too much noise for me or the baby. And then I was able to do that, put her in a little walker so she could enjoy that. Her Batman mobile where she drove around the living room while we did the sports show. She was driving 100 miles an hour. She's Bat Baby. She's the best Bat Baby there ever is. She loves doing that, so uh, she was great throughout this, and uh, thanks for having me on once again. It's a real honor to be with such a great broadcaster, a great friend, and even a better person. So you do a great job. Have fun covering the rest of this tournament. Have fun, and get, you know, how it was kind of cool live on air to kind of discover where your mindset is going into the March Madness into this tournament and where mine was and similarities, differences, and either way, I'm ready to go dancing. I'm ready to go start this uh, tournament outright, and it was a fun start last night. And it should be better tonight. And then, of course, Thursday, tomorrow, 12 o'clock, got to get your brackets in. Whether we change your opinions or we bolstered your opinions even more, strengthened them, uh, Thursday at uh, noon, you got to have your bracket in. So we're pumped. And uh, thanks for having me on once again on the drive. You're a great friend and love doing it with you. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. And so to my, my niche inside of the Batmobile, I hope that she drives safely today, and I hope that you all have a good drive through March Madness and the NCAA tournament. This has been The Drive with Dan Tortora and Ross Turetsky here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. As always, buddy, thank you so much, and make sure that you take a picture of that bracket and send it over my way, and we'll get them set and ready to go. Ross's bracket and my bracket are inside the tourney challenge in Yahoo Pick'em. Go to the Wake Up Call group on the Yahoo Turning Pick'em. You can check group 9345. You can also look for Wake Up Call, three separate words, Wake Up Call. And you can go to the main page and put Find a Group, and we are in the top 50. So you can look up Wake Up Call, top 50 of over 30,000 in the world with the Syracuse logo. So look up Wake Up Call with the Syracuse logo. Click on that. Or you can go to facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt, Twitter at calldt, and you can sign up there as well by following the link. Over 200 of you have signed up, and I want to thank you so much for making it our third year in a row of over 200 people that have signed up for the Wake Up Call Bracket Challenge. Ross's bracket's in there, and so is mine. You know our brackets, and you will see our brackets online very shortly. Ross, as always, thanks for being a great friend, a brother, and as always, the only person that's going to go through March Madness with me the way that we do it. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and take care, and go Syracuse. All right, that coming from Ross Turetsky and baby Lorelai. Say hi to Abby, and I'll talk with you soon. Bye-bye. All right, take care. That coming from Ross Turetsky one more time, Northeast Pennsylvania-based writer, sports writer, and I want to thank him for being a part of the show. When you go back and we look at where we stood up against one another once again in our brackets how we kind of shook everything out here and where we were at. We disagreed on only seven of the 32 teams that would advance out of the round of 64. We disagreed with four of the Sweet 16, two of the Elite Eights, half of the Final Four, and then when we got to the National Championship, 
He picked two, I picked two, and they were totally different. So we had neither one the same as he has Michigan versus Duke and I have Virginia versus Villanova, which is kind of what I set up earlier on in the season to be in the conversations that I've been having. So with that being said, this is Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora live from Dayton, Ohio. Thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast. Make sure you follow on Twitter at CallDT, Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT, Facebook at WakeUpCallDT, DT and uh, Twitter at call DT. If I said wake up call DT on Twitter, it's at call DT, C A L L DT. Also on wake up call DT.com, we have our tourney central page on wake up call DT.com, and we also have our ACC basketball page, our Syracuse pages, and so much more. Make sure that you head there now to wake up call DT.com, subscribe, bookmark, and make it happen. And make sure you enter your bracket in the Wake Up Call Bracket Challenge on the Yahoo Tourney Pick'em Group 9345. The name is Wake Up Call, and you can look for the Syracuse logo as well to sign up in our Wake Up Call Bracket Challenge. You have until you have until noon Eastern time, Thursday, March 15th, to have yourself signed up in our Wake Up Call Bracket Challenge on Yahoo and entered all your picks. It will green light you when you're all set with your picks. That's how you'll know you're done for good. So make sure you save your picks. Don't just make them and get yourself ready to be in the Wake Up Call Bracket Challenge. Make sure that you don't hide your email and leave your email address out there because I will need to know who the winner is by email so we can present to you your prize. Thank you once again for everybody here in Dayton, Ohio, and for the first four. Thank you to the NCAA, and I look forward to the opportunity of covering the upcoming first four games with number 11 Syracuse taking on number 11 Arizona State and number 16 NC Central taking on number 16 Texas Southern. Ironically, Syracuse has taken on two of the teams in the three games outside of their game in the first four. So Texas Southern here in Dayton, Syracuse played them and beat them, St. Bonnie's that took on UCLA here in Dayton. Syracuse played them and lost them in overtime, and then Syracuse has their game. So the only game that Syracuse didn't play anybody in was the Radford-LIU-Brooklyn game. So thank you to, you know, it's just funny how the world works and how things just come about. So thank you to everybody that was on the show today. OCC, men's bas- or women's basketball, pardon me, head coach Mike Wheeler. I want to give him a special thank you for being on the show today. OCC Lasers, women's basketball head coach, Mike Wheeler, whose team is in the NJCAA D3 tournament to win a national championship and will play Hostos in a rematch game that they lost earlier on the season. I want to thank the Radford Highlanders, Devontae Holland, Justin Cousin, and Travis Fields Jr. for being a part of the show, and the St. Bonaventure Bonnies, Amity Ikpizi, Matt Mobley, Ladarian Griffin, Courtney Stocker, Jalen Adams, and head coach Mark Schmidt. I also want to thank Eric Devendorf, Syracuse Orange alum and current assistant strength coach. And as always, I want to thank one of my best friends and a brother to me, Ross Turetsky. This is Wake Up Call live from Dayton, Ohio. And you will find us always on wakeupcalldt.com where you can get the downloadable archive on the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, as well as the Podbean app. God bless. Be good to one another and have a phenomenal March Madness.